Well, welcome to another edition of Brews and Cruise. I am your host, Chris Jacobson, and I am here with not only a really good friend, but also my co-best man in my wedding. So he's that good of a friend, Brett Hurley. Welcome to the cast. Thank you for having me. And this is not a casting couch. This is a podcast, so don't get it confused. Yeah. Well, thank you for inviting me on. Yeah, you're welcome. I mean, it's been a long time coming. Um, But we're drinking a beer today, and we picked this one out together. All four of these out together. We picked out a sampling pack. A sampling pack. And your wife had the fantastic idea of, let's do a sampling flight with these. Yes, absolutely. So we picked out four of them. And today we're drinking from Toppling Goliath, which is from Decorah, Iowa. So it's pretty local to us here in Winona, Minnesota. But if you haven't heard of them, you've heard of Pseudo Sue most likely. Yes, I have. Because Pseudo Sue is on tap just about everywhere. But we also have some other fun ones that we're going to be drinking. We got um, one of them that's called This Meeting in Email, a double IPA. We also have a holiday one called Holodots, Cranberry Apple Cinnamon Lager. So that one I'm kind of interested to taste. I don't know if I'll be able to handle much. Then we have the Pseudo Sue, which is like their flagship beer. Yeah, it's, I think I've had that before. Maybe yeah, at your bachelor party we had one. Oh, yeah, yeah, we did yeah. at, uh, what was the place Showboat called? Saloon. Shout out Showboat Saloon. Yeah, but also Graham's Garage. Yes, yes, we did. And I also got your brother messed up at your bachelor party on some Toppling Goliath. He, I think he did have some Toppling Goliath. He had King Sue. King Sue. Because he was passed out in the bush. And then our last one we have is the Berry Patch Fandango, and that's a kettle sour beer. This is the one that you were most high up when we were at the store. So that'll be interesting to try those. So we're going to try this sampler pack, and we are going to pour these right now. So let's have at her. I'll pour... Uh, Email one. Which number is this one going to go in? Uh, number one. Okay. So I'll put this one in one. You put that in one. It's a... And this is the an email. This meeting. Double yeah. Indian Pale Ale. Which is what we're having. We're having a meeting right now. This is a meeting. A meeting of the mind. A meeting of the beers. A meeting of fun. Then... Ooh... I am going to put the Holodots in number two. Oh, man, that looks like a thick one. You know who brought on a thick one the other time was Josh. He brought on a really thick beer. And this is a, I think you might have already said it, but a cranberry apple cinnamon lager. I think this is one of their holiday. Yeah, I've never seen it before. They had out there. And then in number. I want to say this is three for me. No, this one's three right here. Yeah. I'll put in the Pseudo Sue. Their flagship beer. This is my favorite. They have it at like all of our restaurants here in town and at the golf course. And the last one I'm going to pour is that Perry... Patch Fandango. That's the one that really caught my eye when we were at the store earlier today. It's because it's such a pretty little package. It looks like we're going to have some fruit, fruity gummies or whatever. I do like Oh, that. my gosh. That's very dark. You can smell it. Yeah, I wasn't quite expecting that dark out of that when we... Well, some it. of these ones are pretty thick when they, when they make them, but it can definitely tell the difference between the Holodots and that cranberry one, which is good because the pseudo Ooh, That smell is delightful. I know. I know. I'm not usually one for a fruity beer, so I'm going to see how much I can handle of this. 
But this is going to be fun. So which one should we try? Start with. Let's start with the one that you suggested. So we're going to start with number four, which is the Berry Patch. Berry Patch. Fandango. Dude. Cheers. Cheers. Smell it one more time. Mmm. Definitely tastes. That was very good. Yeah, that you could get real messed up on real quick. So, yeah, that one has, that one tastes like, um, I guess, uh, fruity candy is what I taste. Yeah. It's almost like Skittles. So this one has, it's a kettle sour beer. Yeah. Blueberries, mulberries, raspberries, and raspberry flavoring. Well, it's, it's definitely tastes like candy going down. It's very good. So anyways, welcome to the cast. You and me have a long history because, uh, well, we met back in third grade, or I was in third and you were in fourth. So we have a long, long history going on with us. Yes, I'm trying to remember what year that would have been. I had to reach out to your dad and ask him. 96? I think it was 1996. Yeah, yeah. I had my... I asked him when I was writing the, one oh. of the speech for your wedding. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Can you please uh, bring us through some of that speech that you had that was so delightful? Well, <laughs> there were Pop-Tarts that were involved. Many Pop Tarts. That was were one of the things, you know. Your mom always made Pop Tarts for us when we were growing up, so I, I made sure to let Stephanie know that it was her responsibility now to uh, handle the Pop Tart duty. And yeah, and actually, Stephanie has done a fantastic yes, job absolutely. of keeping brown sugar, cinnamon Pop Tarts in the house, fully stocked. So yeah, um, this is fun because this is Bruising Cruise. Again, it doesn't have to be about cars, but you and me have a history with cars, um, so much so. That we used to take your parents' uh, Buick out for a joy ride before we even had our permit. <laughs> However, illegal, don't do it at home. But also, your brother had a T bus that we had a lot of fun with. Now, we couldn't drive, but we could ride in the T bus legally. Yes. Yes, the T-Bus was kind of a, a very wonderful experience. <laughs> so we used to get stopped all the time. But remember, they would never charge. There was nothing they could charge us with. They were just making sure that we weren't there doing There was a the, licensed driver driving it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So with the T-Bus. Now, you did, he didn't have a CDL license, right? No, it was classified as a camper. Oh, RV. really? Yep. Was it classified that after he bought it from the police auction? It wasn't a police auction. It was, I think oh. it was an auction from the city. Oh, the city. Because they were okay. old, uh, the old transit bus from, yep. the, from the city public lines, and he had bought, I think he paid $400 for it at the time. <laughs> what and year was that? Was that uh, 2002? Somewhere? Probably pretty close. Yeah, because I... Because I wasn't old enough to drive. I was probably 15. Yeah, so you'd have been a freshman in high school. I would have been an eighth grader, and Louie was with us a time or two. Yeah. But so, okay, so when he bought it, all he had to do was just have a regular license. Yep, it was yeah. it was classified as a as a RV motorhome, whatever that is, and and he murdered it had, out. Yeah, it was it was <laughs> it was painted all black, uh, yes. black rims, black spray paint on the whole entire bus. And also, what number was that that he uh, decided to use for the the number on it? I couldn't remember that. Sixty nine. Was it? Yeah, oh yeah, it was, it was bus number sixty nine. That's funny. So yeah, I, I yeah don't remember that. Stopped by the cops quite often. Yeah, they However, they were always pretty curious about it. So he. What did he grinded all the seats out? Is that right? Yeah, he took an angle grinder <laughs> and uh, got all the the seats out that were designed for passengers. Yeah, and threw in some couches. And then yeah, I think oh, there yeah. was like a chair and maybe two couches in there, and there was some shag carpeting. <laughs> oh, God, and then I think he he put a bunch of neon lights throughout it too. Really, I don't remember that. Yeah, I remember. I we can't got, say for certain, but well, I remember we got stopped. Um, 
I think I was in eighth grade, and Louie was with us. And we got pulled over by the high school. Yep. And Louie and I were just sitting in the back on the couch. And the police officers walking with their flashlights, just checking it out and seeing what was going on. Yeah, they couldn't believe that it was uh, classified as an RV, but they thought it was pretty neat with all the couches and How stuff. How would they not that. know? Wouldn't they know that? I feel like they would know. I think the plate probably came back as registered as an RV, but sure. since it was an old bus, they probably, yeah. they probably weren't sure how how things were registered <laughs> through the state. So That's so funny. I just remember sitting in the back, and they're coming there, and here's Louie and I, and Louie is like four foot zero, 100 pounds. Yeah. It, but it wasn't It wasn't late at night. It was like 8 o'clock at night, I think, so we weren't past curfew. Nope. We were with a licensed driver. Yep. However, the whole thing looked so illegal. It did. It, it very much resembled something that probably shouldn't have been on the road but most likely yeah. they definitely were able to figure out that it was so so i want to shift over to the next thing which is your first car because i remember that one quite well yeah well what was that again uh it was a 1993 ford escort gt yes. <laughs> gt yeah. yeah it was actually uh when i had purchased it it had been i don't know how many owners it had but originally set up for track racing oh really yeah so i think it was two owners prior to me had set it up for racing it on tracks and oh i don't know what style of racing if it was drag racing or it's probably up at rock falls yeah something along those something lines. like that I so yeah but it was i mean you knew it was a ford escort gt but it definitely didn't necessarily resemble that no it really uh, when you got into the into the motor and and into the tires and rims. Well, did they put something different in it like a different motor <sighs> i can't remember what they had in there it wasn't a different motor, but I think they had tuned it up. Yeah, I suppose. They yeah. tuned it up to make it make it more, um, I don't want to say appropriate, but better for race racetrack racing. It looked like something out of Fast and the Furious. Yes, and that was... That was all the rage back then, too. Let's see how old that... It would have been 2003, I think. 2003, I think. You tried to teach me how to drive it one when time. When I first got it, so it was right at the heart of Fast and the Furious. Yeah. And it was five-speed manual but you had to have that yeah otherwise you've been a loser yeah i oh, remember yeah, that was a big thing back then when you tried to teach me how to drive that thing one time and i think i had just got my license so i was 16 and you were probably 17 or i had my permit and we were doing something illegal again but i remember i was going down the highway and it was we're going like click, 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 back and forth and i was like oh this, i'm like i don't want to ruin your car but you just take us back home because yeah. <laughs> you try to teach me how to drive that my dad tried to teach me how to drive a uh, stick the first time. I didn't know what I was doing. I had a Trans Am 99, and I thought every time you wanted to go back down into first gear, you had to go through second or you know through fourth, back to third, back to second, all the way back down. I didn't realize if you just popped it into neutral, I know there was a neutral, and you could just coast in. So I'm sitting there, I'm like, well, this is really going to be annoying if I have to go all the way from sixth to fifth to fourth to third to second to first, and now I'm back. No, I didn't have to do all that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but that's how I was taught how to drive a manual is to shift down through the gears. Sure. But there's definitely two different schools of thought. Some go right into neutral and some want you to shift through the gears. So So who'd you sell that to? I don't remember who it was sold to. I think it was actually an even trade. What had happened is I um, flooded the motor. <laughs> it was a, a pretty bad rainstorm. And down by where Culver's is in Winona, sure. down by, by the road, when we get a lot of heavy rain, um, it would pool up pretty good. Yeah. And I, I didn't think it was as deep as it was. And I drove through it and flooded the motor and it had, ended up having to get towed. And uh, I had already stuck a fair amount of money into it for various reasons. So at the time, I decided it wasn't worth putting anything into it. And 
<clears throat> Probably not. I was actually able, I traded that straight up. The vehicle was not working. And somebody that I had came across had a 1986 Cadillac Seville. Seville. It was the Seville. And uh, I think I remember that yeah, one. Yeah, it was silver. silver. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah I yep, remember and that. And then now. I put fur on the roof. <laughs> you put fur on the roof? Yeah, it was. I went down to uh, the Cinderella shop here in Winona on Mankato. It's now no known longer as here. Port 507. Yep. Yeah. Nope, nope. Cinderella shop was down where the Napa is now. Oh, yeah, Mankato. yeah. Sorry. That was the costume store down there. Yeah, it was the costume store down there. Okay. So, anyway, I went to the Cinderella shop and I got some, some fake fur fabric. And <laughs> because in the Seville, all the. You know, older cars, the the ceiling would collapse. Oh, I know, and bubble sag. up. So this one just it just was a big sag. So yeah, I put the fur in. I took some high high quality adhesive and, and sprayed it on there. But that's traded straight up for that um, the, the escort that wasn't running to a Seville that ran. Wow. Yep. And you know, the height of you having that Seville was the height of Pimp My Ride. So yeah, you know, it was definitely an interesting time. You know, I was a senior, I think, in high school when I got that vehicle or maybe a junior, junior going into my senior year. But I, I ran it probably for a full year and then started noticing things going wrong with it. And I took it into the shop and it had a, a warped head. And at that time it was, you're gonna have to replace either the whole motor or the head. And <laughs> that so ain't worth at, it. At any, any rate, that, that went down the road and, and I moved on to the next vehicle. So, so did you trade straight for that too? No, that one, Not I don't remember where that one went to. Um, but then I bought a Plymouth Acclaim from a gentleman here in town. I don't think I remember that car. That, that was a white car um, with that. red interior. And uh, uh, actually a gentleman that we knew growing up, Calvin Corey, oh. <laughs> he, uh, he had two of them he was trying to sell. And this white one was one of them that he, he tried to sell. And um, I told him, I'd give you I'll give you 100 bucks for it. And, and he took it? And he took 100 bucks. Oh, damn. And then I went home and I vacuumed it and cleaned it up and washed it up really good. And then when he saw after I had done a full detail on it, because I used to work at a at Gilmore Avenue Car Wash and quickly when oh, I was that's right, you did. in high school. So I, I enjoyed cleaning the cars and, and making them look nice. After he saw that, he, he told me he felt like he got a bad deal on it. <laughs> you did. So, yeah, you did. And that, and that lasted me all through the rest of my senior year. I probably bought that in the fall. So it would, the Cadillac would have been my junior year. Man. And then the claim probably would have been the fall. Through. So you've had like three cars for probably about $2,000. How much did you pay for the Escort? I think the Escort, if, if my memory serves me, was like $3,000. Oh, so you're in for like 3100 $3, bucks. Yes, all in. <laughs> all three in, cars. All in until I was a senior in high school, until I graduated. That's pretty good. Yeah, I, I thought it was See, the next one I remember you having was a G6. But I had, so I had, I had, I had the college, so. I had the 2000 Monte Carlo. I think. Oh yeah, two, yeah, yeah. I, I remember the maroon. Yeah, it was maroon. Yep. That was a sweet ride. Yeah, that was a graduation present for my parents. For oh, nice. High school and getting good grades and finishing off strong. So was it an SS? Wasn't it? It was an SS. Oh, damn, you had the top of the line one too. Yeah, it was. It was really nice. It had the 38 series two in it. Yeah. Which are super super nice motors. They st I think they still run them in. Um, the 3.8s. Yeah, the 3.8, the series two. They yeah. ran them in, in Paula's for, in. Monte Carlo. Yeah, I, I think, think you're there were right. some other cars that they ran them in too. So where they get that Lewis Donato? Yeah, that was from Lewis Donato. Of course, that's where they go. Yeah, that's where the, that's where they were going at the time. I don't think they go there anymore. But um, 
they got all their cars from there. They were they're a big Buick family. Well, yeah, they had that so, one from eighty nine, and that was the same motors. The thirty eight series two were also in the Buick Lesabers. Oh yeah, that's right. Thirty eight hundred. I remember the three eight zero zero is right across the plastic header of it. Yeah, and there was yep. different variations of it, but this was the series two, and that same same <laughs> one that they had in the Lesabers. So, so you've had your fair share of cars. Now, not quite as many as you, but not as quite, yeah, not as many as me. That's but, okay. That's uh, why that's, I got the Cruise and Cruise podcast yeah. here because I have a lot of cars, I guess. Yeah. So, which one of all of the ones that you've had, uh, what's been your best one or favorite one that you've ever had? That's a tough question because I think one thing about that's unique about vehicles. So I've never been like a a greasehead, yeah, or somebody that likes wrenching on cars. I mean, I I know how to do the basics, you know, oil changes, things like that. And of course, now with technology changing, they've transitioned to a lot of electronic components. Right. So, um, it's, it's shifted that way. But my experience with vehicles have kind of been like the memories. Yeah. And then, and certainly like the timeline in your life and, and where you're at with it. You know, so you have all these vehicles throughout high school. So you almost have those memories that are associated with that vehicle. So yeah. I think answering that question can be a little bit difficult. Because there's just different, there was different chapters in my life where sure. I had those vehicles, um, and everyone was kind of, well, you know, you go from the Escort, which was, it was my dream car at the time, and I had a lot of fun with that car. <laughs> the dream car, And uh, a lot of memories, and, you know, I was one of the first friends in my friend group to have a manual transmission, so, like you had stated, trying to teach teach your friends how to drive a manual car, and so there's those memories in there, and, you know, then you that one you you feel like you're on down times where oh gosh the motor the motor's gone on this one and how am i gonna be able to save up you know you're in high school at the time and how are you gonna be able to save up to get another car and then be able to transition into somebody wanted that vehicle because they wanted to they wanted for whatever they wanted to fix it up and they worked on vehicles and then i got a cadillac out of it and you know at the time you know cadillacs were a big thing so then i drove a cadillac to school and then that one decides to kind of get its life out of it and then you you get a car for a hundred dollars that lasts you almost sure. a year and well so it's okay anyway. do you have what, what's a good memory you have with one of your cars then that you say each one had a memory kind of so which one the one you met your wife in <laughs> i don't know which that, one that is well that one oh gosh so now we're 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 transitioning even further on to our yeah to our vehicle so let's we'll, we'll we'll back up and let's go from the monte carlo yeah so that was my graduation present like i said from my parents Drove that for many, many years. Um, started to have issues with that one. Um, so I went out and I got a Pontiac G6, 2006 okay. Pontiac G6. So we had that one. That one you drove for a while, I think, because didn't you I, drive that down to Nebraska when you were in Yes, yeah. So, I, so I drove that years. for, I don't remember what year I purchased that in. Probably like 2010. Okay, yeah. Right around there. And then you moved and back then, here, like 2015. I want to. I say, probably 14. had the Pontiac for about five or six years, sure. but I drove it, drove it back to and to and from Omaha, and put a lot of miles on it. Yeah. Um, I think that one, by the end of it all, probably had close to 190,000 miles on it before I. That's after that car is when I purchased the my first boat from you. It was the oh, it was yeah. the Sea Dew, the 1504 Sportster. We'll get into boats so in the I, next. Well. I guess back up a second. We I had a, a vehicle before that because when I was remodeling that house on the east end of town, when I moved oh, back from yes. grad school, I bought. So I remember the. You remember the? I was with you, you on both of them. Yes, you remember the Escort. It was black. It was a black Escort with yeah. black rims. Yep. And then when I was remodeling that house that I was purchased that I purchased on a foreclosure when I first moved back from grad school, yeah. I needed a, a pickup. So we were searching high and low for just a pickup that we could yep. haul materials, and we, it didn't need to be anything fancy. 
And I remember we went out to Wisconsin and we, we had that, we test drove that Ford. Remember that green Ford uh, F-150 that was on that farm? I don't know if I remember that, but I know which yeah. vehicle you ended up with. So, and anyhow, that one didn't work. That had some, that had some issues in it. Um, I think there was a gas line leak or whatever, but that guy still tried selling it to me and it was like, no, no yeah. it's fine. Um, but then when we found that uh, S10, that Chevy S10. Yep, that's the one I remember. And uh, actually, I think it was, uh, what's the GMC version? Sonoma? Uh, yeah, it, it I Sonoma? think it was Sonoma. I don't think it was the Chevy. I think it was the GMC was what the one that I found. Classy. And we found that one, and what, I think it was like $1,100. Yeah, it wasn't much. It was, and it was, crescent, it was black, and it had black rims, and it was lowered. <laughs> yeah, so it was lowered. It was right. like an homage to my Ford Escort that I had. <laughs> did it even have four-wheel drive? I don't think it did. No, it didn't. It was oh, just a two-wheel drive, yes. two drive truck. Should have raced that. Yeah. No, that, that you know, it, it did exactly what it needed to do. Yeah. You know, I was able. You bought it for a purpose. I bought it for a purpose. I was able to haul stuff in it. I was able to haul dirt. and Because and I was with you on your next purchase after that, yeah, too. Yeah, building supplies. So then after the, so then the truck, and then that's so why I had both cars. I had the G6 and I had the truck. Yep. Got to have both. And then I bought the boat. Yeah. And, and I knew that two-wheel drive, the little GMC Wouldn't Sonoma, was not going to pull that boat in and out of the river. Uh, so I went and got a, a Ford Explorer. Yeah, I remember that. I think it was a 2004 Ford Explorer. Yep. That's what I remember, because I remember I came with both. I came with you on both of those, I think. And you got that Explorer, I yep. remember. And then yeah, that you one, were there for the, the truck. Yeah. We, we went down just I down. remember it was so tiny inside. Yeah. That was cool. You though. couldn't beat the price on that. So then, yeah. <laughs> no, you couldn't. Eleven Transitioning, bucks. we... And then, so then we, I traded both of those in. I actually ended up making, I think, $1,000 in the truck. I think they gave me like twenty one dollars or $2,200. Oh, yeah, that's right, because you like traded 20, that in. Yeah, they gave me like $2,200 on trade-in for it. Yeah. And then the car I had, I think when I originally purchased back in 2010, I think it was maybe $5,500, $6,000 at the most. I, yeah. I think they gave me $4,500, $5,000 on trade-in on that one. Sure. So, I mean, I ran that car for five years, and I think it only cost me $500. So you had to, to get... that. You had to get something else to pull the boat, right? Yeah, so that's, that's why, why I got the Explorer. Gotcha. And I don't know if you remember driving back from purchasing that. You know, you had to, you came with me because you had yep. to drive one of the vehicles back or down to the yep. place because over in Sparta. So we both drove a vehicle over there to trade it in. And then oddly enough, the, the sales guy that I was working with wasn't there that day when we went to pick him up because he had just gotten to a high-speed chase on his motorcycle <laughs> with the police. So we dealt with the owner of it, owner of the dealership. And when I asked for him, I can't remember what his name is. Doesn't matter. But when I went in there and asked, I have this deal going. He said, Yeah, I know about the deal. Yeah, he actually got arrested last night, so he's not coming in. And <laughs> so that was kind of a wild thing. But anyway, so that's why you were with. And then we we picked up the Explorer. Um, Didn't something happen to it right away? Yeah, and that that was the the funny thing because before I purchased the Explorer, yeah. they let me take it in and get it checked out by a, a yeah. uh, you know a mechanic to make sure everything was good and. You know, the mechanic came back with the, their list and what they thought might need some attention, and there was things that they addressed. Um, and overall, they handled pretty much everything on my list that the mechanic had told me about. And we drove it back, and I remember once we pulled in my driveway when we got back to Winona, it, antifreeze just started squirting everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they fixed that. They took care of it. Well, they, they paid for it. I actually took it down to... Uh, the garage down on Huff Street. What is that? Gordy's? Oh, uh, yep. Gordy's. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah they, it was, I can't remember what it was, but it was like a $400 part. But that place over in Wisconsin, they said, yeah, we'll cover the cost of it. That so. was nice of them. Yeah. So then. And then that's probably what you traded in for your new the truck you've. No, no? actually. Um, what was between that? I had a 2001 Jeep Grand Cherokee Laredo. 
Really? The Ford Explorer, the transmission went out in it. So the 2004, they're kind of known for having some transmission issues. So. I guess. Don't get one. Yeah. Unless it's got um, a new transmission in it. Yeah, that's one thing to always yeah. look out for. So, no, I uh, I was driving to work one day and tried going tried going and drive, and it wouldn't go, so I had to shift down into to first gear, and I was able to get it to my destination where I needed it to go. So <laughs> At least you got there. Yeah, so then so then I, I quickly went on the, the inner the internet and found this uh, 2001, I think it was 2001. God, I had one of those. Grand Cherry Clarito. Yeah, that's what yeah. I kept saying to myself. I was, I don't know how old at the time. You that know, was my first vehicle. 33, 32, 33 years old at the time thinking, hey, I'm getting a used version of the same vehicle Chris had when he was 15. <laughs> yeah, I remember I had some subs in the back of that thing. I yep. used to rattle that bad boy. No, but that was that was an absolutely great vehicle. Yeah, they weren't um, bad. I mean, they were like, it was black. Like, yeah, top of the line. Yeah, it was black, had a sunroof in there. Man, maybe I kind of remember that. 150,000 miles, I think I was when I got it on there. Yeah, because then you trade that in for your Ram. Because you've had that Ram yes. for a while now. Yeah, yeah. I don't even, there wasn't necessarily a reason why I did it. I think it was just. Right place at the right time? Yeah, it was a, it was a heck of a deal on the Dodge. I think I got yeah. about $8,000 under what they were valued at. That was back when you could negotiate on cars. <laughs> Nowadays they screw And I didn't you. even really have to negotiate much because the <laughs> price was so low. Where'd you get I, a doll? Yeah, I got yeah. a doll here when I found it on the internet, and uh, you've been riding that baby ever since. Took, took the uh, took the, um, the Laredo, the Grand Cherokee. What did they give you for that? Oh gosh, I think I bought it for like twenty five hundred bucks, maybe three thousand. They gave me like close to two. Yeah, when it you was get like nineteen hundred, they gave me for it maybe. 20. When you get that low, it's like they eventually just bottom out at. You know, I was reading some somewhere. It says like if you ever want to buy a vehicle, wait till the ten year mark, and that's about where they bottom out, and then the prices eventually start going back up. Whether yeah. that's true or not, I don't know. Yeah. That's what I read somewhere because I don't believe that. I mean, the Challenger back there, that's a two thousand nine, so that's fourteen years old. And I don't believe the price is going back up, but I don't think it's going any lower either. So yeah. it's probably hit that spot. And then eventually, because obviously classic cars, those just go up in value, which is so weird. You would think otherwise. You'd think they just keep going, keep going down. But I guess if you have a classic car, because here's where I'm going with this next. Eventually, gas might not be a thing. And that's what leads me to my next question, because you mentioned a car to me earlier today that kind of shocked me that you want to buy sometime yeah. in the next few years and that is a one of the new Toyota Priuses. Yeah, 2023 they really changed their yes. their appearance of them and I, I think they're really sharp looking. I'm going to go on my next beer. Which one are you at right now? I'm, uh, I'm going on to the email. This That's one right the here. number one? That's the number one. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I that was one of the things, you know, they... I think they were trying to rebrand, maybe appease to a broader audience with their, with the the changeover in their well, the appearance yeah. and the body style of the Prius. I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. I well, think that photo you did. showed me looks like a sports car. Absolutely, it doesn't think, look like a nerd. Car. I think, and I've seen one in person when I was at work, and I saw it driving down the road. Oh, someone has one. I don't know where they're from. Sure. And I've only seen it one time, and it was like a cream color. Did the new style just come out? Like is it 2023, 2024? It's a 2023 model, and I don't sure. know, I don't know when they started delivering. I don't they know any have. of that stuff. So, but really, really sharp looking vehicles. And my wife had a Prius um, prior to her vehicle now, but it didn't look like that. But no, no, she had a, a Prius C, which is kind of the condensed version. Yeah, there's different models yeah. of Priuses, and uh, I never thought I would be a, a Prius family or or want to own a Prius until the first year we were together. Um, full year 2017 we took a trip out to wyoming uh 
at the time, just her, she ran half marathons, and now we kind of both do it. And she runs now full marathons. But we'd gone out to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, because she was running the Grand Teton half marathon. And so we took her car, and we went for a five, I think it was a five-day trip all the way out to, to Jackson Hole, up into Yellowstone and back around. And I think it, at the time, I don't remember what fuel, fuel cost at the time, but it was about $165 for us to do that entire trip in a Prius. So that's pretty cheap. That, that sold me quite a <laughs> that's bit. A selling and it even sold me on like, yeah, they're not the prettiest looking vehicles and yeah. they're not going to be catching everybody's eye. But when I saw that 2023, I got pretty excited because not only I think did they, did they add, take the component they already have, which is their motors, which are very, very good motors and the fuel economy, which is, you know, excellent fuel economy with having an actual gasoline engine as well. And then transition that to now we have this amazing looking vehicle that if you saw that driving down the road right now, you'd probably think this is a sports car. Yeah, it definitely looked like it. Because when you said Prius, I'm like, oh, okay. And then you showed me that, and you're like, oh, that's cool. Because Corey said the same thing. He goes, I want to get one of those someday, too. And obviously, both of you guys have to drive a little further to work than most people do. You have yeah, when you have a commute that's, you know, 15-plus miles, yeah. you know, one way. You can get there almost anybody. on... You're really, you're really saving. You know, right now, I drive my truck to work every day, and my commute's about... Well, let's just say 50, give or take, there, yeah. and, there and back, you know. And, and you, Corey's got 50 about one way. Yeah. It's a long ways to go. Yeah. So, which, you know, obviously is more common these days with finding work that's outside of where you live. Yeah. For, right. for a lot of people in America. So, I just, it's, 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 a, good, it's a good balance of having that, that hybrid approach and not fully electric so that you don't feel like you're having to plug it in. And, and you don't look like a nerd And I, this I do one. think the, the 2023 Priuses, they have the, the Prime version, which I think you can charge. Oh, sure. And then the standard one, which is just the standard Prius motor that is just a hybrid. Yeah, because you got like uh, the Chevy Volt is like one of those ones where you can plug in and you get like your first 40 miles on electric and then it changes over. I'm on number one. The uh, I think it's the I think it's that one right there. Your front one. This one is probably my favorite. This is the that email one. This is the email. Yeah, this Perfect. one. Yeah, and it's just it's just a double IPA is what it is. So, I mean, this one says it's got Galaxy, Rewaka, and Citra hops. So it's got a little citrusy flavor. It's more like a hazy IPA, I like to call it. But those are my favorites of the hazies. I can drink those on the river all day long, and um, you, know, you know they're they're packed with a little punch to them too, because this one comes in at seven point eight percent, seven eight. So that one's got some high octane in it. What's that one got? Let's see. Probably didn't have anything in it. Five point three. Five three. That's actually a pretty light. It's light compared. A bit heavier than uh, your standard. Yeah. Uh, Standard ale. Well, when it comes to craft beers, they are highlighted. It's yeah. not like your Bapples, and I know you like your Bapples. Those are your favorites for the river. Yeah, Bushlight did a fantastic job, I thought, with uh, I, making the good, the fruity flavored drinks. Well, the the Bushlight apples and the Bushlight peaches. Yeah, you like those peaches too. You know, a lot of people that I talk to, um, and I think I would tend to agree that the they like the peaches better than the. Really, maybe it's a little bit more subtle. The apples. Maybe it's more subtle of a flavor. I don't know. Yeah, it probably is. Probably not quite as sweet. Yeah, because I, I always just thought it tasted like um, the the apples, the bush apples. I thought they tasted kind of like um, like a cider. And I'm not big into cider, so that's a tough one for me. Yeah, I, and I liked them both. Um, but I think I, I did like the peaches just a little bit better. 
Yeah, they're probably it's probably a little less distinct of a flavor. Now are they coming out with a new one this year at all? Do you know? Not that I've heard. Because they've just done this like the last two or three years, haven't they? I'm trying to think how long Bushlight Apples were. I think Bushlight Apples they had it for two years. Yeah, and I remember them doing that prior to. I think Bush they were going to do it for a year and then see how it goes. I think people <laughs> people kind of said we really like these and I think they were selling a lot of them, so I think they extended it for a year. Yeah, I mean you know what you're getting when you buy a Bushlight. So. Yeah. It's kind of one of those things. You never know what you're going to get if you go to like a Toppling Goliath or a craft beer place because, I mean, I like to go to all of them, but after a while, they all kind of start tasting the same unless they do something really crazy. And that's where I'm interested to see what that one tastes like because that one's got cinnamon in it. Well, you, you're a big fan of the Fireball, so I assume <clears throat> it's probably going to be similar along those lines of the taste. I am a Fireball fan. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Fireball. <laughs> We need to get them sponsors on the podcast here. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. Just have a shot of Fireball before each one. Just get everyone loosened up. Yeah, shout out, no free shout outs. <laughs> Hashtag no free shout outs. Yeah. yeah, I really like that one. That one's good. This one it just came out this year, but see, they do a lot of goofy ones. So if you ever go down to this place, and I don't know if you've ever been down to Decor, Iowa to go to Tottenham. I'm not a big brewery tour fan like you are. Okay. So I haven't been down there. I've been to some, but. Sure. This place is something else, though. It's it's a restaurant, too. And it's two floors. It's huge. It's on the outskirts of Decorah. You wouldn't even know it's there unless you went out there. It's like this big red building. Really cool, kind of a cool place. And they got good food there. But they always have newer ones, and then they always have their standard ones, like the Pseudo Sioux. They'll always have usually King Sioux, Pompeii, Dorothy's New World Lager, and then they'll always have something like this one right here. Or probably like the ones we're trying, I bet, are on tap down there right now as well. Because they'll bring out some funky ones for the holiday seasons as well. So, kind of on that note, um, a question. You know, you, like I stated, you know, you're a big tour. You like to tour breweries and you yep. go on brewery tours and oh, things yeah. like that with your, with your friends and family. Have you noticed, you know, have they become more popular? Have you noticed things where they're, where they're transitioning to... You know, you got the food, you got the brewery aspect of it, and, you know, I don't want to say necessarily family-oriented, but that's probably the best thing that I can come up with. Are they? Yeah. And the reason why I ask is you mentioned Toppling Goliath kind of being out in the outskirts. Sure. So if there's if it's kind of out by itself, you know, have, have they added stuff or games or events where they host live music or stuff to, like, bring in families or sure. to try to make it, you know, fully incorporated? Have you noticed any of those changes at all? Well, okay, so when it does come to the breweries, it is a little bit more family-oriented no matter where you go. Toppling Goliath specifically, I don't know. It's like a, it feels like a big restaurant when you walk in there. So if you notice, like on this one, they have a dinosaur on it, and they have dinosaurs on multiple different ones. However, they don't have a dinosaur theme. Toppling Goliath, I have a feeling, is supposed to be like a Greek type thing because when I go there, there's always like a symbol of a guy, looks like he's in a like a toga or a robe, stuff like that. But a lot of them, they're so different. And the thing I like about going to the craft beer places is I like the atmosphere. Each one has a different theme usually. So, like, you can go to Toppling Goliath, humongous. And I think they do have music events out there and stuff. But then you can go into Decor and they have another place called Pulpit Rock. And that is like someone started up out of a big garage, like here almost, except for smaller. So you have like two different styles, but every place has a different feel to it. And some of my favorite places are really just around here locally, like in Lanesboro, you go to Sylvan. It's an old grain, an old grain, um, grain factory is what it is. Yeah, they, I think actually the, um, 
the contractor that I had to do work on my house, that one I was talking about, yep. that I bought on foreclosure, I think he did a lot of the work down there. That, really? For, from what I remember, anyway. It's really neat there. Yeah. And they kept the whole, the feel of it. And then they'll bring in, you know, like music. So Stephanie's dad's played music there. We go and watch them, and it's just kind of like a more of a family atmosphere. You're not going in watching college kids just, you know, slam shot for shot and cheap beer for cheap beer. I mean, you go to these places, you're not getting a beer for less than five bucks usually. It's more Unless of an experience. It more is. It's just like going to the winery. So the way I can compare craft beer or breweries is like going to a winery. Those have been popping up everywhere, too. Any little place... They'll have, they'll have a, you know, you go to any town pretty much, you'll find a winery and most likely now a brewery of some sort. Yeah. I mean, a little town like uh, Fountain, Minnesota. What's that got? A couple hundred people. They have a brewery there too, and it's been there for multiple years. So I don't know how they're sustaining because, I don't know, the beer is expensive. It's not like you're going in there and you're spending 10 bucks and you're going to have a few beers. You're spending like seven bucks a beer. Because mm -hmm. like just this pack alone was eighteen ninety nine for four of them. Yeah. So I would I spend seventy nine dollars on four times four, sixteen different beers of sixteen, you know, pounders. So I mean you're really going there for the experience and that's what yeah. I actually like about it. Um I just went down to Top Link Goliath this past summer on the cycles with my father-in-law, brother-in-law, and then my father-in-law's friends. So we all went down there. And, you know, we go and we'll have, like, maybe one beer, but then we'll also have food there. And then I took them on a little tour of <laughs> – we went to Pulpit Rock. We went to uh, Calmer, Iowa, which is just 10 minutes south of there. And that's got a different feel, too. And they had a beer that had some spice to it, and I'm hoping that's kind of similar to that, even though that's going to have a fruit flavor to it. But it was really good and it had won some awards at some places. But, you know, I don't know. Or, you know, you go to El Maro and they have this wine won all these awards. I'm like, well, you could go to any little yeah. county fair and you get an award most likely. But, yeah, you're going for the experience for sure. But this one's got a really big experience of, like, really good food too. It's So, I don't know. It's it's They're popping up everywhere. I like it. I, Winona has ours, Island City, which is going through a transition right now. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens through that transition. I just I think people are anxious about it. So I think, yeah, I think they're a little leery because yeah. I think they're going to change the name. Okay. And I think that worries people because that's, you know, when you change a name. Well, it's, it's like, rebranding. Yeah, it's rebranding yeah. and you don't want things to go away. But I did meet the owner, one half of the owners last night when I was hosting trivia. Seemed like a nice lady. She knew me my name right when I walked in. She goes, are you Chris? I'm like, yeah, I was going. She said, hey, I'm the new owner. She mentioned her name to me. So I'm hoping they keep the same feel. She was working last night, so hopefully she sees, like, these are the people that come here. A lot of us are regulars on Yeah, I'll make sure night. they know who you are. I mean, you're, yeah. you're, your picture's up on the wall as a majority shareholder <laughs> yeah. into the business. And it's because I drank so damn much. Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you said, you know, you host trivia, and, and you, try to, you try to patronize the business as much as you can because it's local. And, yep. You know, it kind of has that friends atmosphere, you know. So, yeah, you know, and, you know, when it comes to supporting local, as, you know, someone that works in real estate in this town, you always are now more conscious about, like, hey, I want to try to support this place so it stays open because, you know, those big franchises, we don't really have that really much around here. Like, we got McDonald's and all that, but... I'd rather go and support someone that's trying to do something because when we had the sandwich company here, we realized how tough it really is to run a business like that, and it's not easy. Yeah, it's, it's all learning experience. Yeah, and, you know, one bad experience can, you know, really kill some of your business on other times. You yeah. know, like it could affect 10 different people, and they go, oh, well, my friend had a bad experience. So I'm not going there. Screw yeah. that. And then you have a good experience, and, you know, who talks the most are the people that have the bad experience. So. 
Try to patronize the businesses as much as you can, even if you don't enjoy all their beers. Because my dad didn't like these beers at all to start with. I think he's only down. He's got one that he likes, right? He's got one. I think I saw that on the Facebook post when they were announcing the transition yep. to the new ownership. He wanted to. You, I'd be, I'm sure you'd be able to say what beer that is. Cause oh, I, can't I know exactly. Re- I can't remember what beer that was, yeah. but I, I noticed that he said that it's the only one that he liked. So Yeah, it's called High Force. It's a red lager. Okay. However, they used to have one called... So Island City, the new owners of Island City. Don't do Just it. Just make sure you keep that beer, otwise Rich, will stop. Rich won't come come anymore i'll find him something else i you know this is funny because we'll go and uh we'll go to a place and he goes what beer will i like and i'm like well you like a red lager or an amber lager so you're gonna want something even in oktoberfest and so i have to help him choose his beers now anyways going on with that he has now started enjoying these kind of beers a little bit more not he's not fully into it so like this ipa one he would have his bitter beer face of this I know, kick him back in the ass a little bit, but you get him like a lager. He likes lagers. So now when we go to a restaurant, he goes, I want a beer. Which one will I like? And I'm like, well, these are your two options or three options that you'll like choose from there. So it's always a Marzen, which is like the Oktoberfest, or it's going to be like a red amber lager. And those are his favorite ones. Island City used to have one as a black lager, and it was called Stone Circle. And then they never re-released it. I think it was just a temporary one. But it was a good one, too, and he loved that one. And I never see black lagers, so I don't even know what that entails. But black mm. lagers are another one that he likes. But he is really picky when it comes to beer, and I'm not so much. I, at first, when Island City came in 2017, I was like, these beers are just nasty. And, you know, some people think the same thing. But then I started trying different ones little by little. At first, I was into more of the sours, like uh, the Berliner Weiss. That was one of them that they have down there. It was called, I think it was just called Berliner Weiss. That was my first one. Now, I couldn't really drink that much because it's just too sour for me. However, you get into an IPA, and it's like one of those ones that's got some hops and some kick behind it, and that's not for everyone. And I would have hated those back in the day. But now I give my dad like a... Uh, Mick Golden, he's like, oh, give me something with a little bit more flavor in it. So, Well, and for somebody... That- like your dad, who only has one or two beers in a sitting, you know, two would be a lot for him. Having a good, a good flavored beer that he enjoys would be, you know, most likely more enjoyable than just your standard. Sure. Um, yeah. So he's he's coming he's come a long ways, and as I have I since 2017. Because before I would have said just give me a Bud Light, and I'm cool with that. Yeah. And I still like to have a Bud Light here and there or something light, but. Again, you're going for the experience. Every one of them just has kind of a little unique feel to it. The ones I want to get up to are some of the ones up in the cities, like Surly. I hear that's a cool one. And I've looked at pictures online, and it kind of reminds me of going to Toppling Goliath. But I've never been there, so I don't know. But I'm hoping to get to Surly someday because that's a big one. Actually, the biggest, um, the second biggest brewer in Minnesota behind Shells, because Shells is a big one, is Summit. And I didn't think Summit was a big one in, in Minnesota. I thought Surly would have been second biggest for sure. But it's actually Summit. So I didn't know that. Hmm. I learned that. That was one of my trivia questions one time a couple months ago. Was Summit Brewing is the second biggest behind Shells. And most everyone knows Shells beer. It's kind of some cheaper stuff. But it's our biggest one in Minnesota. Interesting. And that's in New Ulm. So you can go tour that one too if you ever want to. I've been to New Ulm once. And I think I drove past it. But I don't think we ever Yeah. Did. I was there for a wedding. This one's good. I'm yeah, not I, onto that one yet. I'm still on the. I know. I don't know if I could do much of this, but is it that kind of, the cinnamon one? The yeah, the it's call cranberry, it the holiday. cranberry apple, cinnamon. It tastes like a wine, actually. 
Smells like one too. That's kind of what I thought about that that berry one. It, it wasn't quite as. Um, it has a little more. I don't know, harsh isn't the right word, but a little more bite than a wine would for a, a yeah. berry wine. But it, very similar. For sure. Yeah. This is interesting. So, anyways, what's going on in your life nowadays? I mean, you're married. You're my best man. What we got going on in the Hurley world? Not a whole heck of a lot. Not a whole heck of a lot. You're just waiting for the summer to come for yeah, boating doing, season? Yeah, we're doing some traveling. We just got back from Florida last uh, weekend. Yeah. We went down to the PNC Championship. Did you just go one day? We Yeah, we went for the Pro-Am on Friday. So was, wasn't it a, it was a four-day event, right? It's a, I don't know what they do Thursday. I, they do stuff Thursday, Friday. Um, I think Thursday might just be the practice round. Sure. Friday they do a Pro-Am, and then Saturday, Sunday for this this tournament's that's just a two-day yeah i saw your snapchat because you were sending us some of those and i was like oh that's pretty cool because you were right next to tiger yeah it was a wonderful and experience you know i've been to several golf tournaments um on the tour level and this by far was probably one of my favorite ones it's not part of the tour but was um, there many people there because when i so watched what, they, it, what pnc does for this particular um event is they actually limit the number of tickets oh. that they sell because it's more of a family-oriented event sure um, most of the most of the golfers, in fact, all the golfers in the field, it's either you know it's a father son or father daughter or daughter father. Um, See, that's that was cool to watch that. It's it's a super neat experience. Um, I've watched it. You know, it's been going on I think since 1996. Believe it or not, that? and I you know I hadn't really heard about it. Um, Nobody cared until Charlie Woods came. Yeah, along. Yeah, Charlie Woods <laughs> came along and, and, and yeah. Tiger went it, and all of a sudden now everything kind of sparks people's attention. And so that was like the first that I heard about it and. The first year that uh, Tiger and Charlie played in it, we were actually down in Florida visiting some friends, and and they had thought about going up, but they didn't have any tickets at the time. And that was that was COVID. That was 2020. Okay. And that was actually it would have been December, and Tiger was in his accident that February prior to that. So oh. that was even a bigger deal because it was Tiger's first tournament back since sure. in that car accident, which was kind of unheard of. You know, some people thought that he wouldn't even play golf again, and then he was in that event, and they actually took second to to John Daly and John Daly the second. So. That's kind of when I first became aware of the tournament. Last year, I watched it too. Um, this year, uh, when I found out Tiger and Charlie were committed to it, I kind of went home to the wife and said, "You know, it's over my birthday weekend. Um, it has well, been the past three years, and we didn't really have anything. Traditionally, we've always gone to a Vikings game for my birthday, and the Vikings, of course, were on the road that weekend, and um, we found some pretty cheap flights down there and." decided to go they were sold out the saturday sunday of the tournament but friday but how much did it cost to do tickets so? were 35 dollars a piece oh, that's so easy. super super reasonably priced so how do you get like the saturday sunday ones you have to like put a bid in for it or just no put your name you in? just had to go and, and go. get tickets at gotcha. a certain time because isn't the like masters said, I, the other way you gotta like yeah so it's way different than the masters okay it's a lottery the ma of course yeah. a lot of people go years and they, they don't they're not able to get any tickets to the masters so didn't you sign up for the masters i've been yeah i've been on the list year. for like many many <laughs> golfers i'm I sign up every year when I can, and, and so hope, I gotta, and I hope to get hope to get drawn for it. But no, so far, no luck for anything. So I got a story for you that's probably gonna make you mad. Well, not make you mad, but you're like, what the hell? Why did you do that? So I was down in Atlanta, and I was working as a car dealer, and the church that I was going to, um, the youth director there was just a little bit older than us, around our age, maybe a little older. Um, he goes, "Hey, I got tickets to the Masters. Do you want to go?" And I'm like. Um, I gotta work. He's like, Oh really? That stinks. Yeah, I didn't realize how um how hard they were to get because I should have gone. I should have quit my damn job. 
Yeah. Because I quit my job anyways like two months later. So I had the opportunity to go for free. Yeah, Not that, only just to go, to go for free. I remember you had told me about that. Yeah. So. That, uh, now that I realize how valuable that would have been, I should have gone. And I kicked myself in the ass for not going. Well, yeah, there's actually a lot of a lot of schools have thought that now since they started doing, they have a women's uh, tournament there. I think it's two weeks prior. Okay. Either the two weeks prior or the week at Augusta. Prior. At Augusta. Okay. So now a lot of people that I know have been putting in for those tickets just so they can get into Augusta and walk oh, yeah, walk sure. the course. Um, so that's one way to do it. But so then, if you get the bid, you buy them then, right? Yep. Okay, so if they draw your number or whatever it might be. Yeah, they'll send you a notification saying that you've been selected. You can go into the, the selection period, and you can select so many tickets for the practice rounds and then sure. so many tickets for the Does it say how much? Rounds. Does it say how much it would cost you if you, if you won I can't remember, but I think for the tournament rounds themselves, like the days of the actual tournament, probably right about 100 bucks. Damn, that's pretty cheap. Yeah, it's everything else that the cost to get yeah, you there. I'm sure. The hotels and the flights and stuff like that. But don't they have cheap food too? Isn't like everything really cheap for the food wise? I think what they try to do is keep that tradition alive where they have affordable cheap. food. To, yeah. Yeah, I don't Because they could price gouge you if they wanted to. Yeah, absolutely. I, and you, you know, and pay. that was one of the things that was so fantastic about the PNC championship is um, their their prices were not unreasonable. I mean, no? they, they really catered, I think, to the wanting to the experience to be part of the family event. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they had, at least from what I saw, they had, you had soda and waters and, and those yep. type of things. But as far as the alcohol that they served at the places that we went to, they had Corona and high noon. And so I had a couple of high noons. I had never had high noon in my life. And I thought it was actually a pretty, pretty That's good a seltzer, flavor. Right? Or I think it might be classified as a seltzer. Sure. I don't know what the actual definition would be, but yeah, very similar, but, um, I've, I've tried various seltzers yep. and some yep. of them tend to be a little bit sweet. Um, you like it? Yeah, they were bad? pretty good. I think I'm going to probably try to get some in the, in the future. Um, put some on the boat. I had a, I had a peach, if you can believe that or not, a peach one. And then I had a uh, pineapple one. I go, yeah, I don't not Neither one of those are my favorite flavor, but I'd have to choose. They peach. have, a, they have a, yeah, they, but they have a big selection of different flavors that you can choose yeah. from. So those are just the ones that I happen to grab, but. Was it located in Orlando? Is that where it was at? Yeah, it's right at the Ritz-Carlton and the Marriott and right in Orlando there. Fascinating or fantastic course. I mean, everything was just in great shape. The accommodations were great. Um, you know, we had the general admission ticket, so you actually had to park off off of the, I'll call it the campus, of because the Ritz-Carlton and, and the Marriott, that's kind of a, a resort. So everything sure, is, right, yep. you know, we have a one-stop shop, everything, we got restaurants and everything in there. So... Our hotel was probably two miles from. They had a, a parking, a parking ramp off site that you would go park at free of charge, yep. and then they had coach buses that were top of the line um, that took you the Sounds five cool. or six minute to the front gate. You walked right in, and was it just you and Allison that went? Yeah, just Allison and I. We went, yep. and we got there. We got there when the gates opened at seven o'clock in the morning. Uh, I think Tiger's tea time was nine a.m. that day, and uh, so yeah, I mean there were all the tournaments in the past that I've been to and I've started going probably in the early 2000 2001 might be my first one that I was ever at with Tiger and of course some things have changed with phones yeah phones weren't allowed so this I got mine taken away this was the first <laughs> golf tournament that they had phones so that was a unique experience in itself because it just changes the changes the environment but also having limited number of guests I think really changes things a lot because 
um, I had left. We were at the at the driving range watching some of the golfers yep. practice, and I had left to go to the bathroom and and came back. And when I came out of the restroom area um, by the putting green, which is just just behind where the um, where the driving range was, I kind of noticed a couple rows of people. Whereas before, when we were there, there was barely anybody there. So I kind of suspected that Tiger and Charlie were over there, and that's oh, so sure. I walked over there. And, yeah. But there was no, not really any crowds. You know, you didn't have to fight with anybody. That's cool. Um, that's nice. That's yeah, nice. it was just like the course was in great shape. Everybody was in good spirits. I was able to kind of wish Tiger a good round, and and he said thanks, and so that was kind of a, a unique. Oh, he experience. talked back to you. Yeah, yeah. He, nice. He, I thought that was pretty cool. You know, I other bet. tournaments. Uh, one of the tournaments actually in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, up in Whistling Straits, I think it was a PGA Tour. I can't remember what year I was at. It was like my first time, I think, actually seeing Tiger up close, maybe second. Um, but back then he was more of all business. So he well, kind of just yeah. walked right past you. And where this one's more, like I said, this is more family friendly. Yeah, I noticed it seemed really relaxed when I was watching some of the people. They're just yeah. having fun with their kids. and Which is such a cool experience with yeah. golf because, um, you know, they're trying to grow the game. And I think this is a good way to do it. Yeah. I was able to see some, some uh, golfers that are on the Champions Tour. You know, Lee Trevino. Sure, sure, yeah. And Bernhard Langer, who actually ended up winning it with his son to um, up-and-coming golfers, uh, Nellie Corda and her father. Um, so, so, see, the person, the, the father-son duo that won it, I didn't even know who they really were. And then they've won it like five times already. Yeah, Bernhard has. He's won it five times, I think, with this son. I can't remember what his son's oh, name was. Oh, okay. I think they've won it three times. and then Jeez, That's still a lot. I've never yeah. really heard of the guy. Yeah, well, he's been golfing for years. I grew up watching him. Uh, yeah. Now he's, he's been on the Champions Tour for, okay. for quite some time now. I think, well, I know he's the, the leading. He's got the most wins on the Champions Tour, and I think it's like 43. Yeah. So The weather wasn't that great, weather, was it? Because it looked like it was cloudy and So like Friday, was, Friday was good. Friday we probably had mid-70s. Okay. A little bit of cloud coverage, but then the sun would come out, and, and then the clouds would come again. It was a little windy, so as far as playing golf. I think they had some challenges. I know Saturday it rained pretty much all day. Yeah. So I know that Saturday was a challenging day for, for the golfers out there. But Did you watch uh, John and his son at all? Or Yeah, actually. Uh, Is the kid would, good? Because he's out of high, at college already. I didn't he? really. He, no, I think he's still down. Uh, is he still in Arkansas? I can't remember. Yeah, Arkansas is where yeah, he's I know at. that's where he's at. I believe he's, yeah, I believe he's still, still there. I can't say for certain, though. Um, you know, one of the things that they do, so Tiger teed off at 9 on hole 1, 9 a.m., and then they had the dailies teeing off at nine on hole ten. The so dailies. It was it was kind of one of those balancing acts. Okay, where are we gonna watch? Who are we gonna watch? Yeah. So when we got there, it was we, we obviously wanted to see Tiger and Charlie. That was kind of the main focus and sure and the draw for us to go there. But yep. um, I also cool. wanted to see JT and his dad. Uh, Justin, oh yeah, Justin, Justin Thomas, Thomas was there too. With his I wanted dad, to see Nella Corda, Nelly Corda and in her dad. Um, cause she's just, you know, she's been doing some fantastic things. We know. I don't know much about LPGA. Yeah. So. She's Olympic gold, gold medal winner. Okay. Um, just really expanding the game, growing the game. So we, we watched obviously the warm ups and things like that. We watched Tiger and Charlie tee off and then it was pretty much back to back. We had Char Tiger and Charlie, uh, JT and his dad and then Nellie and, and Nellie and her dad. So then we kind of followed their round, um, Tiger's round after that through the first nine yeah. and then we, and then we figured the dailies would probably be on hole 10 at that time. So we, we or hole one with their hole 10. Cause they started on hole 10. Sure. Oh, so, they started on hole 10. Yeah. They started on hole 10. Oh. So then we were like, we got done with like hole nine with tiger. So then we, we walked over uh, to hole one and then that's when we were actually able to John Daly had just 
we had to wait about 10 minutes, but then we were able to see him and his That's son. That's cool. Is he, now, is he smoking and drinking his Diet Coke? So like he we pull, hear? Yeah, he pulled up on the cart uh, when I was standing there next to the ropes yeah. at the tee box, and he pulled up <laughs> next to me. And yeah, he had a cigarette in hand and listened to his music. So Did he have one? Now, I saw, I saw your photo or your video. Did he have like a speaker that was... Um, like a magnetic to I his thing. That's the one thing I didn't really pay attention to. So I saw these things on Instagram and it was, you put it on your cart on the metal pole. It's really highly magnetic. It's a speaker, but it's also a rangefinder. So yeah. Bushnell makes those. Bushnell. Yeah. They actually make those. So I'm interested in possibly getting one of those. Cause I was like, well, we always want a speaker and I bring that giant one along every time. So, and then it also is a rangefinder, so you can see how far away you are. I thought. I think be- I think with those particular rangefinders, um, it's a GPS one through that through that sure uh, through that speaker. So I think it, it, you could load up the course like so I'm playing cool. at the bridges or I'm playing at Cedar Valley or wherever you're playing at, and I think it just uses the GPS, similar like a GPS golf watch. That'd be cool. See, I don't like wearing a watch. I don't like wearing a watch golfing. No, I'm the same way. So this would be great, and I might have to buy one because I think they're only like 200 bucks. I don't think they're that much. No, actually, we were just actually looking at those for my birthday. That was one of the gifts that Allison got me was uh, a golf range finder. Oh, oh, she got you one. Yeah, so she wasn't sure which one I got or which one that I wanted, so she had gotten me one that was kind of like a belt clip one, which is like the GPS one. Yep. And um, we're going to exchange that one because I wanted one that you could actually. Oh, uh, uh, like an eyeglass one? The eyeglass one where you can sure. actually pinpoint on a fixed object yep. versus like the GPS one. But that was one of the options that she looked at was was that speaker um, GPS combo. Yeah, see, I like my music and stuff, and that would be cool to have. Cause yeah, I, so Bushnell makes their version with just the speaker, and then they have one that's speaker and uh I might have to get one of those because, you know, we got we got to defend our title of best dressed team per usual because that's what we do every summer. Yeah, absolutely. And we might have to get some new shirts. So this year. Well, I'll tell you what. Another gift that I got this year for my birthday was a golf shirt and they have some on Amazon oh. that are um, they're more uh, in price range. If you're getting together with the tournament sure. or having a bunch of people yeah. and, you know, you don't want to spend 80, 90 bucks on a golf shirt for one time or whatever it is. Well, maybe if I can get Bad Birdie to sponsor this, I could get some free shirts. Shout out. No free shout out. No free shout outs unless they're giving us free shirts. Yeah. I just, I uh, actually, I just did a, they had a sale going on. It was a hundred dollar mystery box and it said it came with at least two polos and a hat. And so I'm waiting on mine to come. Uh, so That's I'm interested to deal. see what I got. Yeah, hundred bucks because you, like you said, one of those shirts was like seventy bucks. Yeah, I think so. we paid eighty for ours that we bought for our tournament. Yeah. Which are nice shirts. Oh, no, the they are excellent. I, I have. Like but if you're trying to do a different shirt for every tournament, or you know, we're in a right, lot of yeah. tournaments, and then it quickly adds up because now you add the eighty dollars to the cost <sighs> of the tournament. Golf ain't cheap, my friend. No, no, no. no. <laughs> so, so you know what's funny about the golf tournaments is that I went to one in uh, when I was living in Atlanta. It was the PGA Championship, I believe, sponsored by Coca. Cola or FedEx or something like that. Can't remember which one it was. Anyways, it was down at Atlanta Country Club. And it was so weird because I'm expecting, you know, when you go to a football game, you know what you're expecting. You're going to walk in this large place. People are cheering. No, this was really weird. It was just like you're walking around freely. And then there's giant tents set up. And there are like restaurants, pop-up restaurants, pop-up pro shops, pop-up bars. It's just, it was so weird. And then you're just kind of walking along and then, oh, there's a golfer right over there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, See, what year was that that you went to that? 2013, I believe. So was that during when Tiger was having some of his medical stuff? I don't believe. Was Tiger at the tournament, I guess? Not that I'm aware of 
but uh, Phil Mickelson was, and as I was taking a photo of him, that was back before phones were allowed, so I got mine taken away that day. That's funny. However, man. it turned out to be okay because of the fact that it downpoured that day, and I wasn't dressed in rain gear by any means, so my phone would have probably been fried. And so it was in a little uh, plastic baggie at the guest services, so I picked it up afterwards. I'm like, it was okay. You guys took my phone away because I got a few shots of people. But my phone would have been just drenched and probably gone because they weren't waterproof at that point. Yeah. But it was so weird. It was not what I was expecting. So it was really neat. And see, every tournament that I've ever been to, Tiger was participant in. Yeah. So I've kind of had to experience that. So I, but I kind of know what you're saying because it just doesn't the feel tournaments, like you're at an event. Feels like you're just having a fun day walking. Like you're around. just walking a golf course. You're walking a golf and, course. And what I like to call the tiger effect, and that's where it kind of changes things, right? So I remember the our tiger first tiger effect. Like we call it the tiger effect because well, the first okay. tournament that I ever was at, 2001 in Hazelton. 2001. Yep. Okay. In Hazelton, uh, the golf course is up in the south side of the cities. Okay. And they've done a few PGA um, championships. Yep. I think they've been done two. So this has been our first one, and we got there. It was my dad, my brother, and I. Guy, right in the heart of Tiger Woods. Aaron right in the heart. up. Right in the heart of it. Um, we got there, and he was just teeing off. And five, ten rows of people probably. I bet there was probably ten. Ten, ten rows of people watching him tee off. Jeez, that's so cool. So we, we talked to one of the volunteers, and, oh, hey, can we get up to Tiger? We want to get up Tiger close up. And so that volunteer at the time had told us, if you want to see Tiger close, you're probably going to have to go about nine holes ahead of him. Oh, nine or ten. So I think at the time we decided to go to hole ten. So he was teeing off on one, had just teed off. And so we made the decision, wow. we're going to walk over to 10. We'll walk the course just a little bit just to get a feel for yep. it. But then we're going to watch. We're going to go to hole 10. We'll wait for him so we can see him tee off. That's nuts. And then we'll follow him as best as we can for the rest of the round. And, I mean, this was a full, I can't remember what day. doesn't matter. But it was, I think it was a Saturday or a Sunday. So the they good had, days. The, yeah, the good days. And they had, <clears> the yeah. cut, they had the cut. You know, the cut had been made. And every other golfer that went past it was like you and i were golfing with our our family or friends and a <laughs> couple watching. people but there was like they'd go up and they'd tee off and they'd say oh yeah, yeah good shot and then they'd keep going about their business and um yeah when tiger showed up to that hole i mean there was probably 25 camera crews both video and still photography cool. and just the cameras following him as he's walking so it was night and day difference and like I said, we were front row, you know, so we'd been waited for, we'd waited for two hours to, to see him just tee off. And you know, you, you watch the when they're teeing off and they have a line down each side. I'm like, if he shanks that ball, you're going to be in for a world of hurt. Yeah. But I know that's how accurate they are. But just think if people were lined up like that from us, we'd be sitting well, that, there like, you know, it's kind of funny you mentioned that because that was one <laughs> of the interesting that happened to us. So we got done watching the dailies at the PNC championship. We walked around the kind of the, some of the back nine a little bit, but then we decided that we wanted to, be able to see Tiger come in on the 18th with Charlie, and, and yep. we would decide to move to the grandstands. So we probably had 45 minutes to, to watch some of the other golfers come in. We were right next to the green there on the 18th, and um, Friday was the Pro-Am. So what, the way that the method that they did for the Pro-Am was, so they had the parent or whoever was the not the tour professional, so yep. let's say it was Nellie and her dad. So then they'd have the dad, and he golfed with, some amateurs, I think it was like three others, and then she golfed with three others, and they had them split up within one tee time. One group would tee off, next group would tee off. And I can't remember which, which group this was, but it was one of the amateurs that was hitting a shot on the 18th, and it was an approach shot from the right side of the fairway, 
and we saw we saw him swing, and we, we didn't see the ball, and no one saw the ball, and then we heard a thunk, and there was a guy sitting about four or five seats next to me, and then down a row, yeah. and it hit him right in the temple, and the fire oh. department had to come. Yeah, yeah, you think you told us that? Yeah, in the, group yeah, the text fire message. department had to come and, and oh, escort him off, and gosh, it, it was kind of a wild experience, and. Of course, most of the golf tournaments, when you got the tour players, they know that they hit somebody, and you got cameras on them, things like that. They yeah. Sign a glove or sign a ball or whatever. <laughs> this amateur, he wanted nothing to do with it, so we couldn't quite figure out who it was that took the shot because they were so far. It was it's a long par five at, on at the Ritz Carlton at that course, so we didn't see who it was their second shot. And we couldn't see that far away and who who was hitting it, but <laughs> I suspect that there was Sounds. one guy kept kind of looking up, so I thought maybe it was him, but he never came over and. But yeah, I mean, they figure hundred. It's coming off. at you about 100, 110 miles no an hour. No kidding. So, so you just sign a golf ball, sign a glove. It's like putting a bandaid on a kid. They feel better, and everything's good. Yeah, but yeah, yeah this this gentleman, <laughs> he didn't get anything signed, or Jesus. the fire department came and just took him away. So never saw him again. <laughs> so I don't know what happened. I hope he was all right because, yeah, he was kind of. Uh, let little, us know. Comment below if you're still alive, sir. Yeah, he looked he looked a little shook up, so I, I felt bet bad. He did. So, so he's only like four or five seats away from you. Yeah, probably five. So foot. you're pretty close to getting hit, too. Well, it's kind of funny that you say that because so I was sitting like, let's say I'm sitting where I'm at. Allison's next to me. Let's say she's right here. And there was yep. a gentleman on the other side of her. And uh, there was another ball <laughs> that came in. And, and this golfer actually yelled four. So we all kind of ducked. And Allison said that when she when she got done looking up, the guy's head was in her lap. So she's like, I was protecting <laughs> oh him. God. I was like, it should have been the other way around. He, but it, he must've been pretty scared. So he, oh, he, he probably got hit a time or two from yeah, the golf ball. So he needed her to protect her, <laughs> protect him. So I thought that was pretty funny. Well, this summer we got to get off of just being the best dress and we have to win ourselves a tournament yet. Yeah. Yeah. It can be tough to do with, you know, it is when you have a few beers in you. Yeah. Well, and some sour cream tacos. Yeah. That's one of the things I, towards the end, I, Want, when we want to win one, you got to focus. You got to. We got to focus. You got to put your A game on and, and show up. And you know, really right when I get to time. about whole nine of beer in me, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, I'm usually having a good. You know that golf term, that golf course that we went to for my bachelor party. That was sweet. Yeah, that, that was, was that was cool. a pretty nice course. I was pretty satisfied with that. Yeah, I was happy too. I think everyone else, even though you know only if maybe half of us were golfers. Still, a really cool experience because you get to experience somewhat of a professional level golf course or at least the best you're going to get around yeah. this area certainly in the court in the shape that the course was in yeah and we which i've heard much. was kind of the best it's been in a while so yeah and the lack of rain this year yeah, i'm surprised actually us, yeah and then jay gets a hole in one on like the third hole second second hole hole number two jeez i, I thought you guys were lying to us i'm pretty sure it was hole number two yeah so then i yeah, remember three was the the replica from augusta Yep. So I remember all of a sudden beer started coming back to us. I'm like, he must have really got the hole in one. And sure enough, I didn't even know he bought you guys beers. Well, all of a sudden the cart girl came back. And he said, must have. Each one, each one of you gets like three beers. I'm like, okay. Oh. Yeah, and he, then we flagged him down like a couple holes later. I'm like, did you really? He's like, yeah, got it. I'm like, because he yeah, he, he must have done that because I wasn't drinking that round at all. And uh, well, yeah, because the night before. So, and then so in in Corey was with our group yeah and Corey tends to spend more time with the shot girl or the cart girls <laughs> not the shot girls he tends tends oh, to spend yeah. more time with the cart girls than he does golf and so i was pretty frustrated with him by that time because we were waiting on the green and i was waiting there for probably 15 minutes while Corey was trying to get a drink made for him and uh, yeah i was a little frustrated him and his cart girls yeah i was a little frustrated with that because they were they were trying to line them all up and cj is such a quiet guy he's like not a guy that's going to be like yeah i got a hole in one so i was like man he's not like making any emotions we didn't really hear much there wasn't much from him 
No. No, there was actually more from guy. Corey because Corey was going to grab the ball out of the cup. I had to yell at him. I said, don't you know, get your up. ball to grab out of the cup. I said, that's Jay's hole in one. But, you know, Corey not being a golfer. Yeah, right. That's okay. He, he's got no idea. So You know, my whole group, lack of golfers, it was Josh, Dave, and Paul and I. And we had a we had a really fun time. I was shooting some of the best I had shot all year long. I was like, I wish we could have had some sort of tournament that day because, I mean, like one of our scramble tournaments because I was playing so damn good. Like, I couldn't miss a shot. Yeah, I don't it, know what was going on with me. Yeah, Justin and Corey's balls were going sideways. <laughs> yeah, they tend to do that. You know, you you, t- you talk about uh, you know being in the PGA Tour and like crowds stand next to you and you got to hit through this window. Well, yeah, the only thing you got to worry well. about golfing with Corey and Justin were don't be directly to the side of them because that's usually where the balls went. Just stand in front of them. If you stood right in front of them, They'd you would fine. never have to worry about being hit in your entire round of golf. With them. <laughs> but. Yeah, there was tons of time. Oh. It was straight off the, straight off. I swear it was off the top of the club, right? In the Man, you know it's so funny. Two years ago, when Corey broke his clubs, nine hundred dollars worth. Oh yeah, <laughs> takes the tee marker and you know, and and, <laughs> and then returns the things, it. Yeah, one of the things that I think is funny is some of the memories you make on the golf course with your friends or your loved ones. You know, um, one of the big things Alice and I have really gotten into is I got her a set of clubs a couple of years ago. Yeah, and. I figured, hey, I enjoy golf, and let's see if she can. And she really enjoys the golf. So we, we try to go out once, twice a week together, just as a couple. And those memories are just fantastic to make. So for you hear these stories, and we talk about these stories, and we laugh about them, but it's also memories that you, you're going to have with you. We'll and never forget them. Yeah. I remember, speaking of your bachelor party, we were walking up to one of the holes, and we were approaching the green. And so it's Justin and Corey and, and Jay and I. And... Obviously, you were. This was your bachelor party, so you were getting ready to to get married. And um, I was married. I am married, and um, Jay is married, obviously. And Corey was walking up, and he said, "Well, Justin, looks like it's just you and me. We're bachelors <laughs> for life." And and it was funny because obviously Justin's married. Yeah. And Justin's like, "I'm married." So, you know, and I, those are things that, like, I won't forget those things. So. Yeah, that's a good story. Yeah, yeah. So he just kind of, he kind of laughed because he just kind of had a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a space in the well, brain there. Justin, well, just like, you and me, bachelors for life. Did Justin go, um, no, I guess it's just His response was literally just like, uh, yeah, I'm married. <laughs> How did so, he not know? I think Corey probably just spaced it out. Oh, he just had the shot girl But I do mind. think that's actually when he said, well, fine, maybe he'll have to propose to. The gala he's dating at the time, Kathy. Well, we'll find out. So I guess we'll find out. Yeah, times will tell. Maybe we'll get him on the cast, and then he'll be married. Yeah, you never know. Maybe. I don't know. He said he wanted to come on. Well, yeah, you got to get him on. It'll be interesting to see what he has to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder. So I want to transition into another thing that actually you taught me what to do, and actually I succeeded on this one. That's riding a motorcycle. Ooh, I like it. I didn't do well with the shifting of the Escort. But I did learn eventually how to ride a motorcycle. Well, and you also learned how to drive a manual car. Just I later, did eventually, on, yes. Yeah. And the same concept applies. But it was really weird at first. But I remember after about like 30 minutes, you and Matt were teaching me how to do it like on a side road. Eventually, I got the hang of it pretty fast. And it's been very fun ever since. And I have uh, bought how many different cycles now? <laughs> so, Well, some of them were 
garage ornaments than others. Some, yeah, some are yeah. more garage ornaments than others, like a Hayabusa or a Ducati that was uncomfortable beyond all belief. Yeah. I remember I thought, because I was in a Kawasaki Ninja 636, I remember you had to test drive it. We went to Waseca, Minnesota, and you had to test drive it at like 10 o'clock at night after we had left there. And this is where the good story comes in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When we brought it back, my dad had a few choice words to say. How does that go again? Well, I, I think you have to. I think you have to back up a little <laughs> yeah, bit, back up, and and kind of express. You know, you had told your dad that you were going to look at a motorcycle. He was very much opposed to it because he thought they were very dangerous. Even um, though he has some, he's got the Shriner for sure. He's got the Shriner bike. Um, but so he knew that we were going to it. I don't think that he thought that you were actually going to purchase one, right? Because he had such opposition to you getting one. So I think that when we showed up. With a bike in the back of your, yeah, uh, I can't. Oh, we had, do we have a trailer? Do we put? It we back put it in the back of the truck. Put it back in the Cadillac. Yeah, wasn't it the Cadillac? Uh, I think it was my Dodge Ram. I think I had that maroon Dodge Ram. Yeah, probably. Yep, and uh, yeah, we just loaded it right in the back there. So, um, yeah. So, and then of course we had to. We were dropping it off at the. Uh, it was the old, uh, the old garage, or the old man. Is that, where we're, is that where we were taking the motorcycle to? Yep. Okay. So now we were fast the motor- and all. Yeah. So we were taking there. the motorcycle there, and he came over from his office. And, <laughs> he sure did. And, and it's where it's kind of, kind of been the the famous words that he. Whose ramps are these, and whose straps are these? Because we had the of course the motorcycle ramp that I had, yep. and, and straps that we had found somewhere. Whoever's straps they were. They were yours. Yeah. So. And then he asked whose motorcycle that was. Yeah. He wanted, that was mine. He wanted to know whose motorcycle it was. And Gosh, I remember that. That was so funny. We roll up. Well, whose ramps is this? Uh, it's Brett's. Well, whose straps? Brett's. Whose bike? Mine. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> he was not thrilled, and I remember I learned how to ride it like the next day, and then I rode it to my softball game with my softball bag on the back, <laughs> so I got real acquainted real fast with it, but it's been fun ever since. I've really enjoyed it. You know, I never thought I'd get off of the crotch rockets, and well, obviously we both have gotten off of those getting a little older, but they are a little bit more fun and enjoyable to ride, I think. Yeah, but- I transitioned from from my... My jigster that I had when I got in, in college. Well, I had a Suzuki Katana was my first. Yeah, one. I remember that. You were going to sell it to Stephanie, I think, at one point. Yeah, 1996 Suzuki Katana. That was like a touring sport bike, I think they called that. That was Yeah, great. sat more upright. Yeah, great bike. I put over 20,000 miles on that thing. I think. Really? Yeah, I mean, Holy I, my cow. first year I had it, I think I put 15,000 miles on it. When Whoa. I was riding with Corey and a lot of the biker friends that I met. What Corey have? At that time, Corey had a Honda CBR. Okay. He had bought BK's old bike. I didn't know what Corey he had. Corey had bought it before me. He, had, okay. he bought the purple and yellow. Um, purple? Oh, that's a C- sharp... CBR. Those, I remember that. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's about. when he called me up and he says, hey, I, meet me at the park. <laughs> I'm going to stop by and show you the bike. And then so I walked over to Sinclair Park, actually, when I lived on East Broadway. It was oh, a yeah. block walk for me, block and a half walk for me. And he just drove right past me. And I didn't hear from him until the next day. <laughs> he just like, go to the park. He told Zoom. me. He was, no, he told me he was going to stop. He's like, hey, I'll meet you there. I'll show you the bike. Mm. Yeah, drives he, right past. He just drove right past. So That's that, a Corey that thing his, to do. Yeah, that was a very Corey thing to do. So uh, that was his first bike, and then he eventually upgraded to a like a 2009 CBR, and that was brand new at the time. Okay. But I had my Suzuki Katana, and then when I was in grad school down in Omaha, I purchased a 2006 Suzuki GSXR 600. That's another good story because the damn thing lit on fire. Oh yeah, we had a while I was behind you. Gosh, what. We're going down the hill. But, but what was the part that went out? I can't I don't remember know. what it was. It was like a $300 part. I but yeah, it started on fire. 
Dude, I we're couldn't believe to, what I was watching. We're going watching. to a car show, or the, I think a cruise night. Yeah, yeah, we were going to cruise night. We went out to see your parents. You went to talk oh, to your where parents? I was staying with my parents at the time, because it was when I was... Oh, yeah, your house was being remodeled, right? Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. when I was fixing up that foreclosure. Yeah, so then so I, I come out there, there, and all of a sudden we're going down the hill, and... Also, I see fire and sparks coming out. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, that thing just And you, on like, fire. pull over, and it's on fire. Yeah. And you're in shorts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And then we, were able to go, we went back to my house, my parents' house, and we got the truck, the yeah. black truck I got. Black truck, yeah. We took the ramp. And, and the straps. And the straps, and then we loaded it up and drove it back to the house. And Gosh. That's right. Yeah. We were going to a cruise night, weren't we? Yeah, we were on our way to cruise night. Damn, I, uh, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I'm like, holy hell. So then with that, then you went and got the, what, did you get the Sportster after that? Because I was with you for the Sportster. Yeah. Yep, I had the Jigster. Of course, got that thing fixed. It was yeah. bolt on. It Peanuts. Was, yeah, it was easy fix. Peanuts. Yeah, they were able to fix that, no problem. And then, um, yeah, I think I had wrote, ridden a couple cruisers, some, some friends had, and I was like, this is a much more enjoyable ride. Yeah. But at the time, you know, both Alice and I, had the sport bikes. You know, That's right. She, she had the Ninja. Yeah, she had her Ninja um, 250, I think. Yep. It was a 250 black with a little bit of red accents on it. Because yeah. Stephanie had a 300, and that was white and black with a little green on it. They actually weren't yeah, that so we, uncomfortable. And her and I went on probably one or two rides together mm-hmm. when we both had the sport bikes. And then I don't we just didn't as much. And, of course, Allison wasn't riding on the back of the sport bike, you know. Well, yeah. Who so she had her own bike. And it, yeah, it wasn't comfortable so i don't know what what decided to what spark kind of ignited in me that i wanted to do the cruiser but so then i figured i'd start typical harley owners do they start at Small. a more affordable price range yep um not necessarily the size of the bike that's part of it but for me it was definitely the affordability of the sportster it was yeah right what'd price. you pay like six? Oh yeah i think it was just I think it was like six yeah right around six somewhere around there and so it was right in my price range and i got i don't remember what it was for Forty five hundred for the trade in on the Suzuki, so yeah, that's not bad. No, it was a pretty good deal, and and then of course, just like many many Harley owners do, they yeah. they ride the Sportster for a while, and then they realize, okay, I got about a hundred miles, hundred and fifty miles. I think Alice and I did a hundred and forty seven mile trip one time, and I said I had to get it to one hundred and fifty, so I dropped her off at the house, yeah. rode three miles around town just so I could say I rode it once, one one motorcycle trip at one hundred and fifty miles on that Sportster, so. Um, and I started, like I said earlier with the commute to work, I had started riding it to work more to save yep. on, save on gas. So at that time I had always wanted to get a street glide. So I started looking and actually the guy, the salesman that I bought the Sportster through, um, about a year or two after, I think it was a year after I had the Sportster. I said, if you ever get to find a good deal on a street guide, let me know. And like I said, started dri- riding the bike to work. So figured it'd be a good time and it had a good price on it. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely the saddlebags do make a difference. I always thought they looked like an old man's bike, but nowadays they look so much different. I'm like, oh, I like the fairing, the music, yeah, the cruise control. The music is great. I don't yes. know if it's a sign of just enjoying the finer things in life or just I think getting it is, old. Yeah. Well, I think you know after you stop battling the wind, it's a lot more enjoyable, and then you can. And music is always fun, or listen to a podcast like this. You might listen to this on your well, early. Well, and I had speakers um, on my sports. Track. I remember you had like a I little had audio sp- designs installed. An amplifier and two little speakers, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but at highway speeds you couldn't. In yeah. town it was just perfectly fine. Yeah, that's right. Hear, you wouldn't be yeah, able to hear it. Absolutely hear it, just wonderful. But we got to highway speeds and you weren't able to hear. Anything, I know. I used so. to have to put headphones in. I think it's illegal to do that, but I used to put headphones on and I'd ride, and then they'd be f- dangling out and flapping every which way, and then it'd fall out. I'm like, that's annoying. Yeah. 
But it is nice having the music for sure. And then being able to lock saddlebags because, you know, Justin and I, we took our trip out there and he's, he's one that does not like having music. He likes to hear the wind. I'm like, man, that's boring. Just hearing wind all day. I I guess each their own, but I was like, man, it was so much more enjoyable going to Milwaukee on a bike, four hour drive with music going or a podcast going, just keeping your mind going while you're riding. So you don't get tired. Cause I get tired driving oh sure let alone riding a motorcycle that's even more dangerous yeah uh, i wanted to go back to this one here that surprises me which one that you're going back to that one well i like this one more than i like the hollow dots or whatever hazel dots i don't know what the hell it's called i like this one a little bit more that one had a little bitter after flavor to it it's almost like a little bite to it but that's okay that's why we try these out on the cast so people don't have to yeah but this one's really this one tastes like candy little skittles so yeah um so the next thing now you're into boats big time yeah i love boats we've had many boats yeah i love boats uh but you still have the the original well yeah i love that you still have that you know when you have something good you don't like to get rid of it no that's a good boat you know you transition through your boats quite a bit quite a bit bit, yes However, I've had uh, my sea do for three years now, so oh. that's crazy. It's got to be a record. It's got to be. <laughs> it's a record, all right. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the boat that I sold you, that thing is still going strong with minimal maintenance. Yeah, the only. so cool. Yeah, the only thing I've had to do to, do to it since um, I purchased it from you. Spark plugs. Is we did spark plugs. Yep. Matt and I did the spark plugs. Yep. And then I've replaced the battery once. Damn. And then. Just this last season, there was a heat sensor. Yep. And then the impeller wasn't bad, bad, but made a difference. Since since they were already in there, they asked if I wanted them to take care of it, and I told them to go ahead and take care of it since it's been such a maintenance-free boat. Yeah. And like you said, when (laughs) you and I took that out, and of course you had the boat, I bought it from you. Yeah. And so when we tried that out, I mean, that made a world of a difference. Cornering is just night and day difference. So. I mean, just a I'm super little... excited to run that next season I because I just got it back, and then the marina started getting kind of full of weeds, so I didn't really want to didn't really want to dump I it know. in there. And <laughs> the other landings were pulled up. I think East End had some issues going on with just kind of the river. So that was the only the only time that I was able to take it out after I got it fixed was that time that you and I ran it when I had the new impeller. So it's so weird that even just the smallest little nicks in an impeller will make a big difference because you look at it and you have, I don't know if you even saw yours, but the one that I had to pull out one time, I was like, man, that doesn't even look that bad, but it oh, I, does. I, yeah. I, they, they put everything back in the box for you and set it in the boat. Did it look that bad? No, I actually thought that, okay, I got duped here. This yeah. Is, this isn't going to make much of a difference. So that's why that day I was like, we got to take this out. I got to see how much of a difference it is. Man, his road's so much smoother. Yeah. That's one thing I noticed. The smoothness was way better. Plus, it also picked up on plane a lot faster. And turning. And turning was real sharp. Yeah. So it does make a It didn't weird... lose much speed at all when you were turning. No. That was awesome. I'm sorry, because you used to go... Yeah, it used to just... Yeah. I mean, it, it was fine, but it, it's definitely a lot better now. I know. That, it's so weird that that would make that big of a difference. Because I'm thinking about doing that with my Sea-Doo. I didn't even winterize mine this year. I'm taking a chance. But you keep yours in a heated garage. It is in a heated garage. But make, I just got a new heater in there, so it shouldn't go out. I keep it at 45 degrees minimum, so it should never have a problem. And right now we're having a pretty mild winter, so I don't suspect it'll be an issue. I just plugged in. I just put on my trickle charge, so it should all be good. But, man, you're right. Those weeds are still hanging off my trailer from when I pulled it. <laughs> it looks like I have hair hanging off of it. It looks like dreadlocks or something. Well, go that ahead was, and clean the trailer off. I, I tried. All I can do is just, like, pull off the weeds that are on there, and there's still going to be more sitting on the bed. 
but that's okay. But yeah, so okay, now you're um you got that boat still, but now you have house not houseboats. I'm sorry, a yacht. Yeah, motor yacht. Motor yacht. Yeah, we have 1987 liner motor yacht. Yeah, it's a 3270 model. So when it comes to those, what do you like about both, and then what do you dislike about both? About the so because 1504 are, and then yeah. the, uh, the 3270. So, yeah, because, I mean, they're totally different. You have a little, you have, like, literally a Mazda Miata sports car on the water, and then you have a lot bigger boat on the water. So what what's the best about both of them, and what's the worst about both? Well, we'll start with individually, and then I'll do the combination. Yeah, okay. So which one are we talking about first? We'll talk about the Sea-Doo first. Sea-Doo, 1504. See, the Sea-Doo, for me, I think the positive of that is it's, virtually been maintenance free for yep. us since, okay. since we've owned the boat um as stated before uh easy to trailer it's yeah it's just like taking a jet skiing out of the water so there's no you know there's not really a lot of horsing around if you know back when i lived in town if i wanted to sit if i was sitting on my couch and decided hey i want to be on the river i was typically in the water going down the river in 10 minutes yeah from the time i made my decision you live right by the river. and i lived that was yeah yeah that was awesome but when you pull up to the when you pull up to the the slip or the the ramp i should say from the time you have your vehicle getting your vehicle to back it in i mean you're talking under five minutes yeah to get that in the water tie it up go park your truck hop in the boat start it up and go so that's that's a big plus for me uh it once again maintenance free fuel efficient i like having that aspect of it the bad with that one is it's a four-seater so and that's only if they come under weight yeah and <laughs> yeah it's got a 750 pound max yeah. weight limit so if you got two couples um i've done that quite a bit with just two couples and then a small cooler you're typically fine yeah you get into some choppier water then you got to be careful because the, the waves will come in because it sits pretty low to the water yeah um so that that would probably be the biggest downfall is the size, just because sure. if you want to have, if you got kids or this, that, or the other thing, you you know you want to have a little bit more space, which is why before we kind of got into the yacht style boating, we were going to upgrade to like a Challenger, like an eighteen foot twenty foot. Yeah, you eight, talked eight, about that. Eight, eight person, ten person boat. Even though you know we're not, we don't take big groups out a lot of the time, but just having that that more space and then of course the weight limit too. Yeah. Like you got coolers, or you bring food or whatever you're bringing out yep. there. So I would say with the 1504, the CDU Sportster, um, that's probably the, the kind of the breakdown. Uh, moving on, like the 3270, the Bayliner. Um, that is a lot of good. You know, you, it's very, very spacious. The layout on it's great. It sleeps, if you, if you wanted to, you could sleep six probably. Sure. Because six, six adults comfortably. There's a king down in the uh, master stateroom, which is down below. That's got a full king bed. Is that um, the one? Is that the one that's the one that you guys stay on? Yeah. Okay. So yep, it's yep. just below. So right when you walk into the yeah. salon, you just walk right down. There's a, a short little ladder. Okay. And it's got a. It's got a vanity. It's got a closet. It's got a sink. Have you hosted anyone on there? We have. We yeah. actually host our friends Ryan and Melissa for uh, Labor Day weekend. Did you guys stay there with them, or did they just stay there by themselves? No, we all stayed on there. Okay. So they, you know, we were able to sleep down in our uh, the master stateroom. They stayed in the guest room, which is in the forward berth. It converts to a queen, but it's got that V style um, for that forward berth. But, and then, you know, food, we had, we brought all of our food for the entire weekend down, and they stayed both Saturday night and Sunday night. So we were there for the full weekend, and uh, 
And it was actually extremely hot. I don't know if you remember, but it was extremely hot that weekend here in town. And Which weekend was that? For Labor Day. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was. So there actually wasn't a lot of time spent outside because it was so hot. I'm sure you sat you know? inside. With so the we AC? actually sat inside in the air conditioning in that boat for pretty much the whole weekend. Had food. Yeah. You know, we had guests over. Um, besides Ryan and Melissa, we, you know, we had, I think you were over there for part of it. Yep. Um, I was so, stopping. Yeah, it, it's, it's pretty spacious. And, you know, you got for the nice days that you got the outer, the cockpit area that has, we have a nice table set up out there. And mm-hmm. that's got a, a sink there, too, to be able to utilize. So it's got a lot of space for entertaining and a lot of space for living. It's got the bathroom. It's got yep. the whole kitchen. And I have a TV on there so I can watch golf and, and kind of do whatever. So those are a lot of the positive things with that boat. Um, negatives, it's, it's a bigger boat. You yeah. know, a bigger boat, it obviously fuel takes a lot of fuel if you're using it a lot. What's it got for a gallon tank in there? It's got two 100-gallon tanks for each oh, motor. So 200? One for each motor, yeah. So it holds 200 gallons of gas. Okay. Yeah, I think that one that I had was 75 each. Yeah, two, so it was like 150, that 30-footer that I had. Yeah. Yeah, so it's got two 100 tanks, one for each motor. It's got the 305s in there. Um, so, you know, it's just more boat. Yeah. Uh, it's a learning curve, obviously, with the small jet boat. You kind of zip Two different types of styles of boat. Jet but it's, it's very different style boating. So um, those would be the negatives. Obviously, you have to store it at the marina. That's yeah. one of the things where you can't, you're not taking it home with you. You got to pull permits. You got to do all, all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, you got to, you're kind I of mean, there. It's not really that much of a negative. I, it's just the only negative is, is the cost that's associated with that. Yeah, because. And they, they're not having the option if you want to take it home. And they have you buy whatever they want to charge you too. Because you don't yeah, have marina, much of an option. Yeah, I mean, you could. You could want to move up to Hastings, and they can charge you, oh, you know, whatever. Or you want to take it wherever you yep. can go, and you're at the mercy of whatever the, yeah, the, that, the going rate is versus having your own garage where you can just take it off to, like we do with the jet boat. So now, you know, the hybrid, so having both of them, I don't know if hybrid is the right word, but well, having, I'm gonna get into that next, having both on. of them is kind of a, a perfect thing for us because now that we do have a smaller jet boat, not needing that bigger boat, because if we're hosting four, five, six, eight people, Yep. We just go out on a cruise on our, on the the bay liner, and enjoy a nice evening out there. Enjoy a nice day out there. But if we want to just zip to an island quick and not have to think about it, we can just hop on that jet boat, zip out to an island. And even if there's eight people that are with us, I can just come back and pick them up at the dock. Yep. Zip, and just zip, 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 zip back and forth. And, and yeah, that thing is pretty fi- nice. It takes five minutes to get to Mosquito Island from the one on the marina so now i want to go into this hybrid situation that you're about to talk about because you and me have discussed this last year Sidu, yamaha if you're listening make a cabin cruiser jet propelled boat you have two buyers right here absolutely i think that would be fantastic if if you if you could get a jet propelled boat that also had the cabin style i would love i think that would really attract a lot of people out there because there's just a lot of complexities to these you know whether it's a stern driver whether you got straight yeah. shafts whatever kind of motors you got and, and propel propulsion system yep that you have on your boats um obviously you and i grew up in in the jet world with your dad yep. having his cd um, jet ski so that's what we were used to and that's not and that's what i'm comfortable with yeah and i think that's what happened when i had the 30 foot um sport cruiser yacht i just wasn't a fan of i wasn't a fan of the prop system the trims and all that kind of stuff. I like that when I go on the... Because that was stern-driven, right? Yeah. Yep. And you had to trim it up and trim it down. And, you know, if someone didn't keep up with it, like I found out, the trims, the trim level thing didn't tell... The gauge didn't tell me where it was. Well, someone that was brand new, never have driven a boat that had to trim up or down, 
I didn't. I was just reading the gauge, assuming the gauge was already working. Well, didn't know that it wasn't, and blew out that whole the situation. Far beyond the point, but you know, the way that my Yamaha twenty-seven footer handles, like where I got the little paddle shifters on it, where I can do each one, and now the new ones that they have out, they have side propulsions too. So if you had oh, that, thrusters, you got thrusters. Yeah, you have side thrusters to go back and forth. So if you threw that into a little like thirty-foot cabin cruiser with that system on it, it'd be so easy to maneuver. Don't have to worry so much about your wing dams like you have to with your uh, stern-driven props and all that kind of stuff yeah. because Corey found out. Well, yeah. <laughs> Corey found out the hard way yeah. about that. But I, I, I love... Like there's a common theme here in our conversations about Corey, whether it's golfing or He's always boating. been there. He's yeah, always been always, there. There's always a story involved in Corey. Yeah, so when he gets on the cast, he'll have some good ones. Yeah, you'll have to write these... Hey, you know, when I had, when I had Hurley this? on the podcast, this yeah. is what we talked about. Remember your, this? Your sideways golfing and your sour cream tacos. And, and your cart girls. Cart girls. And <laughs> you're breaking your clubs and yeah. going on about it. But no, I mean, I agree with that. In, see, what I, I, lo- I, I liked the idea of being able to go into my boat and hang out if I wanted to or sleep on it, but I didn't like the drive system. I just wasn't that comfortable with it. So if I had the the style of the boat. And it surprises me that they haven't came out with that yet a little bit. I wonder why. And like I said, you and I have talked about, talked about that before. Like when we first were, I think we were on the, actually on the 1504 that day. And it was like, you know what would be the cat's meow would mm-hmm. be as if somebody, either Yama or Sea-Doo, who's ever producing these boats now. There's other companies out there that. Yeah, produce these boats too. But Monterey, why? How has Monterey like, not come out with? Can one? you not think of this? And then <clears throat> it doesn't even have to be a full, just an express cruiser. Yeah, you where you got the, you know, like our twenty four fifty five that we had the Bayliner before we got the thirty two seventy. Sure, if you're going to spend every weekend down there, it might get a little crowded. But even if you started there, where you had a yeah. nice, you know, you had a nice wraparound couch for that, yeah. probably could have fit four or five. Sure, a nice refrigerator just a sink well i mean yamaha's already got 27 footers have a you know have a mid cabin just like that 2455 has you know because your your 30 foot maximum had a much bigger living quarters than the 2455 did so i can understand okay that might be a might be a lot to get into but if you had something like hey i can get out of the elements and just hang out and if i need to crash i can crash if i want to I think there'd be a lot of buyers out there that probably... Well, I mean, Yamaha already has a 27-foot jet boat like I have, so <clears throat> you're right in between what I had and what you had size-wise or length-wise. Yeah. So, you know, who's actually makes a really nice style is Monterey. They make a really cool one where it's open on the front because <clears throat> I like the front openings, but then on each side, there's a bathroom on one side and then there's living quarters on the other side. Oh, sure, yeah. But again, stern-driven and it's got your props on I think on some it. Bajas are set up like that. No, I don't think the Bajas have the... Bajas are like I all front. I don't think they have the open bows. Yeah, Bajas are just just have the... Chris Craft has them. A lot of them have them, but they're all then like... Then you go to, high, of course, the high, higher-end yachts. Yes, have those, yes, those they definitely center do. center compartments, too. See, when I went to the boat show a few years ago, <clears throat> one of the guys said that Monterey has your best bank for your buck. So you'll get the most boat... It's not going to be a cheesy boat, but it's not going to be a Chris Craft of boats. It's but going they're to be not right jet, between. They're not jet driven. Nope, they're not. They? Yeah. But their styling was perfect. It's like this would be awesome if it was jet propelled. Yeah, it is interesting <clears throat> that there hasn't been a company out there that has done it. Maybe I'm just sure. the market's not out there. For Maybe it's not. Two different sporting styles gonna, of boating. If anybody would do that, it'd be Yamaha, I would think. 
or Monterey. You'd think they could try, because, I mean, I don't know what their Yamaha's top-end boat is now and the cost of it. But I mean, look at Sea-Doo did a jet-propelled pontoon. Who would have thunk? Yeah. I mean, that's something and I I think they're selling of. like hotcakes. We see a lot of them now. I mean, I think, personally, I don't think they're the prettiest-looking boats out there. But I think people like the fact that it has the style of a pontoon. And it drives like a jet ski. And it drives like a jet ski. Yeah, and it literally has the jet ski stuff on it. Yeah. And I tell you what, when I come into the marina, I have so much control over my jet ski, it's so easy. When I roll into the marina, unless I can get weeds. into it. Unless there's weeds. Unless there's weeds, it just gets all clogged up in there. And it just clogs up. Yeah, but man, I don't know. I mean, so, yeah, I, yeah, like you said, it is, it is pretty crazy. You'd think that they would. When you go to the boat show again this year. When is it? I haven't been. End of January, I, I haven't been to the boat. Well, are you talking about the one down in Up in the, the cities. No, up in the cities. That's fun. I've never been to that one. It's funny you go sit on all the boats, and they look so pretty under the lights. But see, you'll end up buying one, and then, you know. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> that's what they did. They got us. They, um, they but sucked yeah, you right in. Sucked me right in. Well, see, maybe you can wheel and deal now, though. You can tell them, hey, you guys come up with a cabin one. I'll be your first buyer. They're the ones that make the Yamahas. Oh. Japanese. I gotcha. Because Yamaha, I believe, is a Japan company. But, they, you know, those things. Uh, the thing is, I feel like. All the the boats after COVID kind of got quality control wasn't as good because I had that 24 footer and yeah I had battery issues because nobody understood the situation of oh yeah you can have the batteries on and the sound system does this remember we ran out of juice that one day oh that was with your first Yamaha yeah but that one I feel like had less problems than the one I've had so far because when I have now like I told well them, yeah you got the gel coats. Cracking. Cracking and peeling off. Yeah. Your boat cover is leaking and causing your boat to turn purple. Yeah. Also, the gas wasn't taking gas. Ah, yes. Air. It, was oper- it was trying to operate electrically, <laughs> not by not taking fuel. <laughs> well, we should have just brought paddles along. Should have brought paddles along. <laughs> the warranty's probably expired by now. Oh, yeah. The warranty was done after one year. Yeah. Who has a boat with a one-year warranty? Somebody that doesn't make a great boat. Yamaha's been around a while. Sea Doo, get back to making boats again. I miss yours. Sea Doo is awesome. Yeah, I love Sea Doo. Yeah. They they do such a, they did such a good job because my challengers were awesome boats, I thought. I mean they're pretty cool. And I think Sea Doo does yeah, I think they were fantastic. I've always been a Sea Doo fan. Who bought out Sea Doo? Or who Well, they were part who, of BPR. Who, who who started making the new like the Sea Doo boat style? I can't remember the company's name. You mean the pontoon? Nope. So like my boat, the 1504, there's a company Ooh, that... Oh, um, Scarab. Yeah, Scarab. Yeah, those things are expensive now, though. Yeah, yeah but I don't know if they bought the rights to that style or what they did, how they got it, if, or if they just started making their own version. But yes. I thought they had bought, bought out maybe a portion of CD. Or- See, you know, the one thing when, when you buy a Yamaha, the one thing that's nice about it is that when you go in for work, everything on there is supposedly made by Yamaha. So if you go into the Yamaha dealership, they can fix everything. But if you went to like Scarab or a different boat company, everything is made by someone different. So like the stereo system will be made by somebody else. The intake could be made by somebody else. The, you know, everything was made by different and all put together. Whereas Yamaha, the supposedly oh, the sure. nice thing is everything's Corey, made by yeah, Yamaha. I think Corey ran into that with, with his boat where yeah. he's, his motor's Yamaha, his Simrad is this, yep. his, his plywood with his leather couches or that. And, <laughs> plywood with his leather couches. Yeah. It's made by Ashley Furniture. Yeah, that was made by Ashley Furniture out of Arcadia, Wisconsin. Uh, it's the, it's imported into silver. Man, you got anything else you want to talk about? 
Man, we've done all the, you know. Yeah, I think we've covered a lot of topics. Uh, we're around about an hour and 45 right now. Yeah, that's good. We didn't have to try. Yeah. I love this No, one. I don't think there's anything that, for our first one, I mean. Yeah. Which one was your favorite? Now that we've tested all of them, which one did you enjoy the most? Was it the oh, one by, that you. By far the berry one. By, so the one that you picked out, you knew yep. you'd like that one. Yep, by far the This was one. probably my least favorite. It tasted more that like was, a wine. That was my least favorite, too. This um, is my favorite right here. I drank the whole thing. I have to try. For, for me, I guess one and three tasted very similar. Yeah, this um, Pseudo Sue, that one's way drier. I can tell how dry it is. Oh, sure. This one's not. This one tastes a little, which is weird to say. But yes, dry. It tasted really dry. This one did not taste like that at all. This one had a little bite to it, like a wine with a bite. That tasted like candy. So yeah, I'm not a big cinnamon. Uh, so I thought you could definitely taste the notes of the cranberry in there. Yeah. So, but it, it definitely wasn't my favorite. But I'm sure for the, all the holiday lovers, it kind of had a cider, Dang. like an actual apple cider. Yes. Yep. With a little bite to it at the end. Yeah. So uh, you got anything fun coming up or anything that you want to discuss? Anything fun for the holidays? I mean, no, this isn't going to come out until January, but we're right around Christmas time. No, right holidays now. should be good. We're just spending it at home. Yeah, easy. That's see, easy. Yeah, we're going to see my parents. We're going to see her, um, see her mom for Christmas Eve. We spent with her dad's side of the family. We did that uh, a couple weekends ago. Uh, we had hosted 31 people at the house. That went oh. well. Yeah, that went well. Everything went smoothly. Dang. Yeah, so that was good. So yeah, and we're getting together for New Year's Eve, right? Yeah, so then we have New Year's Eve at the Goldens, and so that should be good. Looking forward blasting. to that. Yeah, looking forward to. Uh, we got the well, Vikings Packers. Same. Yeah, minute. that's gonna be interesting. Yeah, so you got Vikings Packers. I think that kicks off at seven thirty. It's gonna be interesting because. And then you got about an hour and a half, and then the ball drops. So. Yeah, they're gonna be. Uh, see, here's the thing with the Vikings now. They could either win out, and right now they're a wild card. I don't think they're gonna go three and zero. That's gonna be tough because Detroit's think, really good now. Yeah, I th well, they're not they're not doing as good as they started out. No, I know that, but the Packers keep getting better too, unfortunately. So we'll see how they can do. I think a lot of it, yeah, I think it's a crapshoot the rest of the year. I don't think they're gonna beat Detroit twice. I think they could probably do it once, but I don't think they'll be able to sweep them. They have to beat the Packers because the Packers are also in the hunt for the wild card. So they but I think have they're to two be games behind us. I think they are now too. Two and a half. Someone else just came into the wild card. Um, it's now someone in front of us, like the Seahawks or something. I think they're like ten and three, so we're not going to catch them. We're seven and seven, I believe. And then there's another team that's seven and seven, and I can't remember who it was. It wasn't the Packers; it was somebody else. The yeah, like, Packers should be like five and seven. Maybe Dallas. Maybe it could I think be Packers out. are five and seven. Yeah. So I mean, so what is that? One and a half, two, two and a half. Yeah. So the Vikings are really in charge of their own destiny right now. I think they could even lose out, and I think they'd still make it. But really? I can't say for certain. Well, I hope so because, I mean, yeah. Because I think right now we're sitting at number six. I think so, yep. I think there's, what, eight, I think eight that get in? No, I think we're seventh now. We're seventh Someone now? ahead of us. Oh, if somebody came in at 10 and three, then yeah. Yeah, I can't remember who it was. Gosh, I just saw it yesterday on the TV screen uh, before the Thursday night football game kicked off. I can't remember, but we were in there right in the middle. I think we're seven. So, I mean, with all the injuries that we've had and trying to just – Throw a quarterback in every week and see what happens. It's been it's been rough for them, yeah. but I just like to see at least another week of football. 
Yeah. I mean, I like to watch football. Yeah, it's fun to watch, but if our team's not in, it's not as fun to watch. So it just gives you another week to watch something. Yeah. And in these times, I you know, I don't think you're a winter fan. I'm not a winter fan. No, that's why I, I mean, travel to Florida but try to do is right. what every six weeks if I, I can. I mean we do go skiing and snowboarding just to pass time. Yeah. But we would rather be on the river, yeah, soaking up some sure. sun because but it just gives us something else to do in January, watch another game. But yeah, I got the Super Bowl party. It'd be cool if the Vikings were actually in the Super Bowl once on a yeah. Super Bowl party. But I highly, highly, if they did, it'd be like one of the biggest underdog stories I think of any Super Bowl ever. Because yeah. you have Josh Dobbs comes in, has two great games, sucks the next like two, gets taken out. It's just tough, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. And then the Vikings shoot themselves in the foot last week against the Bengals. Yeah, and that was ridiculous. Yeah, that was a tough one to watch. Was, we had a rainy day in Florida that day, so. Yeah, you were commenting. I'm like, yeah, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, I was watching in the gym on my YouTube TV. I have the app yeah. on my phone. So went to the gym, did a workout. Oh, you getting your steps in? Get my steps in for the step that, challenge that we're step doing. Step challenge. What, yeah. what do we win? Do we win anything? No, I don't, there's nothing to win. Just, just good health. Say. Yeah, just good health. Yeah, you know, I, I took that challenge with, I'm like, well, I get quite a few steps in on a day. I didn't realize certain days I get a lot more than the other days. I didn't realize how many steps I actually got in it. Because I don't, I mean, I wear my Apple Watch during the day but like mm-hmm. when i'm working out and stuff like that i don't yep. i don't i don't live with this watch on so in the mornings when i'm getting ready i don't wear it and all that kind of stuff well i do now because i obviously want to keep track of my steps right. because when i set my goal for my steps i only set it at 4500 because i didn't know how you know i, I work 12, in the office i work in the office i do whatever and, and yeah. i'm in a you know i'm in a vehicle all day uh for outside of the office so, so i can be walking around the town so i don't think i'm walking around all the time so i'm like oh gosh i don't know uh, 4,500 is probably a safe one. Yeah, um, very safe. But I realize that on average, I'm getting about 7,000 steps a day. Okay, not, not even trying. See, now there's days when I have to walk the students down to a gym. and I, I, Then I walk two miles a day. So I get 15,000 steps in those days. But then like on Sunday when I don't work out or anything, 3,000 maybe. So I'm like, I got this wide right range of... So I put 12 as my goal every day. Yeah, so I... Um, I, I do my two miles a day at bare minimum all the time. When you wake up? Well, it depends. Okay. Some mornings I'll do it in the morning. Uh, sometimes it's after work. Sure. When I come home. I try, I've been doing that for like pretty consistently for a year now. And then I'll vary it up. Like some days I'll get up and I'll run a mile and then do two miles of, I do a speed walk. So I'll speed walk at night. And like an old lady? Yeah, kind of like that. Just trying to get my steps. Why? What I found is actually I, when I first started doing this, I would run, 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 because I, you know, I was training for my half marathon. Right. Yep. When I first started doing it, and then I just kind of wanted to get back in shape, and uh, I was, of course, obviously, just like everybody does, they kind of look at the scale a little bit here and there, and you're like, oh, I'm trying to drop a couple pounds, and I was running, running, running. I couldn't. Nothing was doing it. Well, then I just started speed walking because I was reading some articles, and they say sometimes that actually is better for shedding some weight. Huh. And so anyway, so Who I started doing that. So anyway, it varies. It, it, really, yeah. it really does vary for me. Some days I'll run and walk. Some days, weekends, I'll try to do a 5K every weekend for yeah. sure. Try to run one. Well, we're, our, what's our challenge? A million steps in like 20 days? I think days? it started off at 500,000. Oh God, we crushed it's that a 21, within 10. Yeah, it's a 21-day challenge yeah. that Allison set up. And I think her goal initially was... I wonder if we can get a half a million steps. Yep. And now we're going... We're almost at a million, actually. I, it, I think we're at 700,000 this morning. Yeah. So we're I mean, going to crush we're that. There. And that's a pretty cool app. It's people that you don't even know. 
It's just you go on the app and you can sign up for any challenge. She's actually doing a veggie challenge. I don't know when she's when she's launching that <laughs> a one. Veggie challenge? Yeah, it's to get a certain amount of vegetables in per sure. day. She asked me if I was gonna be part of that one. I I, told, I declined. I said, yeah, I said no. Nah, McDonald's challenge, we got you on that one. Well, that I you know once a week. It's that's Friday. Our, that's our. Are you date doing your date night? No, we're not doing a date. We 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 had our date nights last weekend in Florida. So oh, so no McDonald's. We're still doing week. a date night tonight, but it's just not to McDonald's. Oh, and then tomorrow we, we had to run to lacrosse, do a few things. So we're gonna do the hearty platter up at up in Noda, and so. The Hardy Platter? What's that? Yeah, it's connected to the Quick Trip. It's the Quick Trip restaurant. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had it. It's <laughs> the fantastic. The Cake Cafe, baby. Well, yeah, it's not Cake Cafe, but no. it's the Hardy Platter. So Okay. Caledonia, Minnesota has one, and then no Never down. heard of that. Oh, it's fantastic. Take Stephanie there sometime. You Take guys. Stephanie there. We went to the Freight House for the first time. We weren't going there on purpose. There. I've never been to the Oh, Freight I thought House. you had been. No, we were going to go. Well, so we were... We went to the Vanilla Ice concert, or the 90s concert, which was pretty fun for $12 tickets. I mean, we had a fantastic time, but we were going to go over to the distillery because it was only like two blocks away from the lacrosse center, and there was like a 45-minute wait. And we're like, well, we only got about an hour before it starts, so we're not doing that. So we went to the Freight House. Pretty darn good. Yeah, I've heard, I, was, I don't think I've eaten there, but I, I've heard nothing. But we were going to go to Charmont things. next, but we figured that because it was all within the block radius. So we were going to go there next, but... You know, it's a Saturday night, so kind oh, of yeah. figured we Charmant's were. In. always going to be booked out. I've never been there. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. I think they do kind of a, a I don't want to say scratch kitchen, but I think they vary it up um, their menu, their dinner menu. Oh, do but they? But you can also, they have like a, a bar menu. It's like Nash where they switch up their menu all the time. I don't think it's quite that bad, it's, or quite that frequently, I should say, not bad. But yeah. I think it, I think it does vary a little bit on what what, yeah. what entrees they have. You but know, then we, they have kind of like a, their burger menu. Sure. You know, we didn't spend as much as I was expecting. We only had like two drinks a piece, and then our meal. And I think it was only like sixty some odd dollars. So I was really expecting like a hundred dollars. Yeah, that's pretty cheap for that wasn't two bad. drinks plus your entrees. Yeah, we were gonna go to the Lacrosse Distillery because they make a fantastic mule, and Stephanie loves mules. <clears throat> so we were gonna go there, but they were booked out, so we didn't plan ahead. But that's okay. So anything else you want to add to the podcast? I mean, it's been fun. It's been almost two hours now. Yeah, appreciate you Stephanie said in. that we would do this. Oh, yeah, you get started rolling. And things yeah, just, it's so easy to talk. Yeah. And we just skimmed the surface. Oh, yeah. There's yeah, no, I think we're going to have to have a part two in one of part these times. Well, yeah. I love having my friends back on because it's so easy to talk to friends. Yeah. Once I start getting into some other guests, it's going to be a little more difficult for me on my end being brand new to this because I might not know them, which might be easier, too, because of the fact that I don't know them. Yeah. However, like when you and me are talking, I'm like, well, I pretty much know everything about you. So it's just really making conversation. Yeah. Coming up with stories. You, you know, maybe you have, you try to bring people on to have different themes. Yeah. Well, you know, and then I, it's just about prompting good questions. There are people in Winona that are doing podcasts. Uh, our old mayor, Jerry Miller's doing it. Oh. Yeah. He has one on Spotify. Really? It's like, I think it's called Talk with Jerry. And his son, Jeremy, is uh, the senator. He's doing one too. I just talked to him at the gym the other day. Very so I nice. have to get him on. That'd be a good one, too. I yeah. mean, he's probably got a lot to talk about. Yeah. Get pops on this, though. He yeah. can talk about the whole garage. Yeah. And taxes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> How exciting. Yeah. Well, anyways, I guess we'll wrap it up then, huh? Awesome. Yeah, I'm good All right. with it. Well, it's been another episode, an edition of Brews and Cruise. I am here with my co-best man, one of my best friends, Brett Hurley. And this has been another edition of Brews and Cruise. And we were drinking a little Toppling Goliath. So tune in next week to see what I'm drinking and what I'm talking about. Have a good week.